I don't usually tell you when I'm starting. You never do. But I did I did today. So I kind of ruined it. No, it was a little nice. It's a holiday season. It is a holiday season. <laughs> it's a season for giving. Yeah. Did you do uh, Thanksgiving? And I did. I ate a lot of food. Is Black Friday a better holiday than Thanksgiving? It's uh, like better and I don't know, I did like a, like a more happy holiday. Or like, did you see today all the fights that were going on? You mean like all of the all the uh, people like fighting in uh, aisles of stores? I saw a couple. I would think they had that would have that quelled by now with like some. You safety think so? I think they like it. They must like. it. I think it. it's like hockey. Yeah. <laughs> I think people. Hey everyone, this is Jensen. You're listening <laughs> yeah. to Jensen's World. Today we're going to recount Black Friday beatings. <laughs> no, I, I really do think it's like hockey. I think people just do it because it's a lot of fun. I think they. Do I think it for that's the a day that you can go it. brawl. Like I don't think they call the police. I think they just kind of let you do it. Because like I'm watching these videos, and people are like in the aisles, like choking each other out. Yeah. My TV. <laughs> Fucking turn into Satan. Yeah. Didn't we hear it wasn't? I guess it's more than a rumor of a seventy-five inch TV for a thousand bucks. Yeah, too? At Best Buy. I, I can't believe that. Yeah. Where'd you? Do you remember when seventy-five inch TVs were hard to get? Oh yeah. You could have back currency in them. They were rare. <laughs> oh my god! Like I, I like seventy-five inch TVs were like the, the realm of the rich. I have this. I think it's like a forty-eight inch TV. It's pretty big, mm-hmm. you know. And I thought. I mean, I think it's huge, bigger than anything I need. But seventy and seventy five inch TVs were I don't know fifteen thousand dollars I feel like when I bought that thing it's like six or seven years old mm-hmm. that was a huge TV I bought it for eight hundred bucks thought it was a great deal now for a thousand bucks you get a seventy five inch TV yeah that's good that, I mean who needs a fucking seventy five inch TV I guess if you have like a lot of like if you have a lot of people over and you have the TV at a distance like you only you only need a TV when, at a certain it, size when does it make sense to get a projector instead never now. You got sunlight issues, you know, with the projector, but I'm a big fan of the big screens. It's it's quite nice. Do you watch porn on it? Nope. (laughs) I guess you you could do, too bad co-op video games kind of went out because you could have uh, had some, like, good... That's true. You could have given everyone their own, like, for, for, like... Well, why do you get for, like, Mario Kart? James Bond 007. Yeah. Everyone could have had their own, like, real estate. (laughs) Yeah. It's a zip code at that point. Oh, yeah. It's huge. The, the ideal size for gaming is a 27-inch monitor, though. What is that? Is, Why is that? How do they know that? I think it's because your eyes, the the amount of distance your eyes have to travel, you know, to, to look around when you're playing like a first-person shooter, for example. Like on a big screen, you're, the distance is actually significant, whereas a small screen, you can Interesting. cover mm-hmm. the whole... So yeah. I do a lot better in Fortnite if I had a smaller, smaller TV. Oh, yeah. Supposedly a big difference. I personally didn't notice it, but it's... You got to look at like Kill Count. I was thinking about it the other day. Someone should build... Yeah, uh, for Fortnite, a settings changer that modifies your settings and figures out what gives you the best advantage. So, like, it just changes a setting here and there every game and then just takes the aggregate. Because you're going to be playing a 1,000 games anyway, so you might as well just have, like, a different setting on every one. And, uh, and then it would just, you know, give you the one that gives you the best kills, best number of kills. That's a great idea. Right? I think so, too. <laughs> I think it'd be hard to track otherwise. But, yeah, that, that kind of thing, I think that, like, in gaming, because everyone's always wondering, like, what the best settings are. You know, the only game I've ever played is is Fortnite. So <laughs> all my ideas are going to be like Fortnite ideas when it comes to like optimizing gaming. Yeah, there's usually a pretty big range when it comes to at least the games I'm familiar with. What what the pros use? You know, some will use like the pro settings. Some will use the standard settings. Different button layout, claw grip. What's your sensitivity? claw grip? What's your yeah. sensitivity? I don't know uh, what that fucking means. Which what, what do you mean sensitivity of like, what? Well, you play. You, what do you play on a console, right? So when you're when you're looking around, seven point five. What's <laughs> X axis eight point five Y? Because pro, I think I'm pretty sure pros usually play at like the highest level 
sensitivity. Yeah, that way you, you can you, you can move this. No circumcision. You have like the optimization of speed when it comes to. Really? At, yeah, I think I, I might be dead wrong. I don't I'm think so. Sure. I, like a lot of the pros Height. on YouTube show their settings. That's how I picked mine. I, I watched a pro tell me what his was, and then I just copied him. Oh, that's well. That's that's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> so isn't that kind of how you did it? Kind of, but I usually I, I usually dumb mine down a little bit because yeah. I don't try to feel like I'm as good as they are to be able to handle, for example, the high sensitivity or whatever. So I, I, I'm highly competitive in a weird way, like not in the way that people would think, but like I remember like with with video games, I would play FIFA '98 on the the Nintendo 64. All Madden or nothing is what we called it. If you're not playing on All Madden or the most difficult mode, then you're not. Playing That's what I do. I do like the yeah. hardest one, and then I would play uh, the hardest team. And I would take the worst team, China. So the biggest skill gap between me and the computer. All Madden. All, Ma- what, all Madden or nothing? Yeah. Okay. That's what I played in uh, soccer. All Madden. Well, but that also, <laughs> that also, like, you have to adjust to that level of difficulty. So, like, it'll, if you grind that, if you grind on, like, that type of play in that settings, you'll probably get better than playing on, like, a normal. Well, with the, with, in, in FIFA 98, you had to rely on, like, passing a lot because the players would get so tired and they couldn't move because mm. they sucked. Hmm. But yeah, there's. I mean, dude, I, I've, I've watched a couple of the YouTube videos of like the Fortnite stuff. The, the people that play that are not me are amazing. Some people do this thing on like those vehicles that they have, where they'll fly in the air, they'll get on the back of it, shoot someone, and then get back in the driver's seat and like land. It's fucking sick. The skill gap is huge. Like yeah, that's a different brain. It, yeah, yeah. yeah I was brain. like, I wonder if I could do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah. bitcoin yeah no so i mean that like there's have, the, the, do you watch the bcash drama this week this is some of the funniest shit it, i've yeah. seen in well, bitcoin in years that was uh i mean every every week is better in bitcoin that's the thing that i realized there's, yeah. there's never been like a worse week yeah every week is better yeah well it um there was a, there was a lot of uh events leading up to what was the what was it november 15th was the the day of uh, the day the, of the, the fall. The, the the day the the war, however long it was going to last, was going to you know begin. And we we're going to have this uh, this hash war between ABC and. and well, I find SV. it funny because there's like it, it seems I can't figure out if there is still a war going on in Bcash or not. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Chris, so I think Craig Wright like capitulated, didn't he? I don't think so. I think he keeps saying there is still a war. Um, maybe. When did he capitulate? Yesterday? It may have happened, like, fairly Like, today? Or, like, I saw him saying something about how, like, because he he was talking a lot of game about, like, he's never going to give up. Like, they're going to, you know. He can keep going to 2026. That's what I heard, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And now now it's like, I heard he was, like, saying months. Now you can go months. 2026 is pretty fucking funny. But it seemed like ABC had a clear, uh... Like, like he, I don't know. I thought maybe, maybe I'm getting that wrong, but that's oh, the interesting. Last time I, I looked at it. In discussion with Calvin and his team, they want to focus on the business applications we have coming in the new year, and I respect his advice. As the following message from Calvin says, if they add replay protection, we will let the market decide. That is capitulation. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> when they say let the market decide, well, we're just going to. It's, it's like the libertarian yeah. get like, ah, we'll just say, we'll let the market tell us we gave up. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. All the rhetoric. What a bitch! Yeah, 
He did not. I was uh, really looking forward to this. It's also funny. That, I like, want to bleed them. Yeah, it's also funny that he like defers to Calvin Air. I guess like, he is Satoshi. Do you think the S in Craig S. Wright stands for Satoshi? No. I feel like no one's ever asked that. I'm confused, though, because I remember reading today that Calvin Air offered some kind of truce where he, he was going to keep the Bitcoin cash name and let them go after the original Bitcoin or whatever that means. Yeah, it was that, on the Merkle a, Report. That's a pretty funny, like... So was that was that done after... Craig Wright capitulated? I think that, that might be part of this whole thing. But, like, I think also Calvin's saying that, like, if they had replay protection, yeah. which they apparently didn't in the original, which I believe uh, I, I believe I knew, but they apparently didn't add replay protection in the original. So now that they – if they had replay protection, he's saying that they'll allow uh, the market to decide which way it'll go, which is very weird. Hmm. At that point, I guess everyone can split their coins then. Hmm. So I've been following that coin dance site. Yeah. Where it talks about the how much more expensive it is to mine, you know, these other chains than than Bitcoin. How accurate are those numbers? They seem to bounce around a lot. I've seen. I, I think they're pretty accurate. It, it's been fluctuating between like thirty five percent. I saw sixty percent right. yesterday. So that's a pretty big margin to ignore from a profitability standpoint. Yeah, it seems. I, I don't know. Like, I think. I, by the way, has Coin Dance gone full on Bcash? If you try to give them money, they take either Pack or like Patreon. Or uh, Bcash, which surprised me. Is Bcash still around? Is that the? What, what, is there any finality with with the name? What's going to happen with that? I mean, I call it Bcash. What do you call it? But which one is Bitcoin ABC Bcash now? I think so. I think, I think, I think, I think that's, that's part of the conversation. Everyone's decided. I, I think, yeah, I think everyone's like decided Bitcoin that. Cash is Bitcoin ABC. I mean, some of the exchanges started listing as BAB, right? As B-A-B? Like, as BAB, and then as as SV. But As one of the CEOs said that he's not going to recognize the new symbol. Wasn't that Binance? Binance, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. So is that – so, I mean, where do we stand? I don't know. I Okay, that's is it. You, okay, everybody, thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. I, well, I, but I, wonder, I want to know what – like how long do these coins have? Because they don't have a use. There is no use to any of these altcoins. And I've said this for years, and I think I get a lot more flack now than I used to. Mm-hmm. I was talking to – I was, I was having a conversation with uh, Ryan – what's his name? Selkis and Pete Rizzo on Twitter. Okay. And I, I said something about ETH is retarded. And, you know, Ryan said, you say that la- a year ago, and he gives me, like, a gif of everybody, you know, cheering and clapping. He says, you say that now, and it's like a tumbleweed. And he's right. Everyone's, like, all on board with, like, the, the Ethereum shit now. Well, he he especially not just Ethereum, but like but, all of these all of these cryptos. What's the use case for them? What's their point? Well, there is none. But I, I think I think everybody's like um, ability to measure this stuff. It seems to be on a shorter time length. So when they see all of these chains that have been around for some time, even if it's just a few years, still around and become part of like the pump, and they see all these people excited about them. They think, well, maybe, maybe, maybe they are going to be around, and they and they are. But like, even if they're around, sustainable. Which I even don't, if I, even if they're yeah. around, what's the point? They're stores of value. Do you think so? Is that like is that the idea? Like, why why would you need eleven or four hundred that mm-hmm. don't do anything different? Like the different gold and silver are different. They're different elementally. Mm-hmm. But blockchains all revert to energy destruction. Well. 
Hmm. If you're, what if you're just using it as a payment rail, and then it doesn't really matter what it is? Then why not use email or something like that, right? Like you don't need it as a payment rail if it's if it's not you know if there's not like a native token. Like maybe Stellar then has a use. I mean, the general idea is that, and to go back to what you just said about energy, is that there's a finite amount of energy that can be uh, used in order to secure any given chain through proof of work. That competition is going to heat up, or it, it exists, and it's going to keep increasing, and you're not going to be able to, like, the, the idea, at least, in the long run, is that you're not going to have a Bitcoin and a Litecoin because there's a limited amount of energy that each chain is going to have to compete for, right? Is that, well, is that, is that, is that essentially? Yeah, my like... thesis would very much be that there's literally one thing that all of these are. They're they're basically uh, they're basically just energy uh, representations, right? representations of like of burned energy. Mm-hmm. Why do you need more than one of those? They're not they're not different elementally. They're not silver and gold. It's not like one is harder to get out of the ground than the other. They're just Representations of destroyed energy. Mm-hmm. Well, but could you also say that like some of these chains have different properties than the other? Like Not really. Have... Like what? Like what? What different properties? Mm-hmm. Like what? What do people say? Litecoin is has a, a, a faster block time. Well, I so what? Yeah, I mean that doesn't. It doesn't secure your transactions any better. Yeah. The arguments for why people like Litecoin seem to be that it's it, it tends to be. Um, I mean, I, and this kind of comes from what happened with the the Segwit stuff. Is it's kind of a test net for for Bitcoin when it comes to like let's say scalability features, for example, where maybe maybe people would like point to Monero and say that's the test bed for privacy features or something. Right. Like it's like these other chains are experimenting with some newer ideas, and uh, you know those communities like those coins because of those reasons, and that you know. Uh, does that mean that they have something that's unique to them that isn't uh, you know unique to Bitcoin? Probably not, because at the end of the day, if it's a good idea, you can incorporate it into Bitcoin. Which right. Is well, that, that's actually not a bad response. Like I, I could see them. I mean, they are essentially test nets with value on like, chain. Like right? I'm, I'm, I'm interested in you know kind of thinking Grin's going to be a kind of a cool shit coin because it's implementing like a really new idea. Um, is that idea going to be implemented into Bitcoin at some point? Maybe. I think that's still kind of you know being worked on. But What's the difference between bulletproofs and mimblewimble? By the way, okay, so bullet. Okay, um, so <laughs> a lot of this I can't explain in depth because I, I just don't know it. But confidential transactions. So uh, any type of transaction where you're obfuscating the amount, um, that's kind of been around for some time, and we know that Monero has been doing it. But to verify those amounts and to verify those types of transactions is mimblewimble like using range hold, proofs? No, hold on, let me get there. So range proofs are part of. Like, bulletproofs are essentially a form of range proofs. Okay. Because you need to verify that the values are within a certain range, even though you're not going to be able to know what those values are. Bulletproofs allows you to do that efficiently. Mimblewimble is using um, some of the components of... So, basically, it's, it's like how the transactions are constructed are a summation of, like, a Peterson commitment... With uh, an, like uh, an, a couple Jordan extra Peterson pieces of data. is everywhere. Yeah, he is everywhere, right? He's he's back. In, this is P, uh, P. Derson. Oh, so I it's see. A, it's a D in, in this. Um, but a Peterson commitment is um, it's kind of hard to explain. But essentially, imagine it's kind of like a few values where you can't know what those values are. So you have this idea that you can incorporate into Bitcoin, where you're obfuscating those values. You're incorporating these new types of commitment schemes into the transaction. Mimblewimble 
is kind of making those like making those data structures, those data schemes, like the entire transaction itself, plus some other things that are unique to Mimblewimble. Interesting. So that's a basis <laughs> of how that differs. Okay. So and, and bulletproofs, like you, I, I'm pretty sure that's going to be utilized with Mimblewimble because you're essentially applying those same techniques to verify right. whether those values are within those those certain ranges. Okay, so is I mean is Bcash implementing a reorg protection then, given all of Craig Wright's uh, screaming and yelling? I just saw that uh, that they were apparently looking to do this in the next update. That, that's pretty radical, I think. So what is that's essentially like a checkpoint, right? That's yeah, like, it's, checks, once it's like checkpointing one, the, one, the, the once, blockchain. Once you're te ten blocks in, it's like okay, that like we're 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 taking everything previously and being like that's that's definitive and right. So is it the idea that like. We could just store that somewhere, and then we kind of just go from there. Or like, like, is aren't there aren't there these ideas where like, why, why not we why not go a thousand blocks back and everything from the beginning up to that point? We can just kind of like, I don't know. You say these are all valid. This is the way it looks, and like not that. <laughs> yeah, like, for example, people there's people, there's people, there's people, people that are like, and this kind of uh, goes against. Like, like I know this is not something you. You'd want to do well. I think checkpointing is like a very centralized way to do it, and it's it's got some dangers. I mean, the, the whole point of this protocol is that you, you use basically hash function mm -hmm. to uh, help validate which data is the data that you want to follow. Right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of the entire premise here. So if you have to checkpoint it, it's sort of a, an invalidity of the entire mining process. Mm. So I, I don't know. It's it's very strange to me. I mean, like Bitcoin hasn't really done this, um, and it's it's funny because I think it's essentially a uh, an admission that they that they don't have enough hash power to really have a blockchain, given the circumstances, mm. which is interesting. Like, I, it's I, like, why would you implement that unless you didn't trust what the like? You're, why do you need another mechanism to determine or, or to or to solidify like what the? Well, um, I mean, reorgs are a, a, a thing that's like fundamental in this, right? Like, that's why selfish mining is possible and everything else. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, it's it's just very strange that you would do that. And I'm sure that there's like weird attack vectors, like Peter Todd could tell you about if you're checkpointing, mm. like what happens on the tenth block, mm. right? Like, I bet you, I'll bet you at the margins, there's some like really strange attacks that could be leveled. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I have I tend to think that all of these blockchains are a little undersecured. Like Bcash in particular, I mean, like they have a lot less mining power than any of the others. Mm. They're uh, they're cheaper. They're they, you lose money mining it compared to like Bitcoin. But I I, I do tend to think that like all blockchains, th this in spite of like a lot of people saying that blockchains uh, are way more secure than they need to be. You know what I mean? Like oh the the mining power behind Bitcoin is yeah, that's, so I hear much that, a lot. that we actually like or or people say it's not it's not as necessary as you think to secure an, an entire chain. I hear that a lot. I mean, I tweeted it out this week to that effect as well. Like, mm -hmm. I think that, like, looking at, like, the Craig Wright stuff, he's, he, he might have a few billion dollars to his name. Uh, I mean, he did buy the Hublot watch, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, that was, like, some the watch Hublot. thing? What was that? Like, there's some... They're just selling watches, or like, what was the Hublot? He, watch? he was showing Don't off. Don't say Hublot. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what, wait, why? What, wait. It's not it. It's Hublot. Oh, Hublot. 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 Oh, yeah, it's, it's, like, very, it's, it's like a fancy. It's fancy. Oh, yeah. yeah, he showed off a couple of his timepieces as a way of indicating how long he'd be able to sustain operations based on the watch. So 
the roll. Right. The, so he, the, I mean, he can he can sell his uh, hublot. What he called yeah. it hublot, didn't he? The paddock was two weeks. <laughs> you, you could sell for hublot for like yeah. a, a couple weeks of mining. You could sell the Rolex for a few weeks of mining. The hublot was only a day. A, a day, a day worth of mining. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, apparently he has some possessions he can sell in order to continue mining until twenty twenty six. But I mean, given that, like, let's say you had a billion dollars and you were really like you really hated blockchain, you wanted to spend it to like destroy the chain. I mean, you could essentially destroy the Bitcoin network for like 80 days with a billion bucks. And that's presuming you get zero mining reward. Would that destroy the price with it? I think it would. I think it would destroy... I mean, I think it would actually become cheaper and cheaper to attack because miners would go bankrupt and start like falling off. And like yeah, but maybe, maybe saying, the price might skyrocket, you know, because... People are trying to get out? Yeah, I mean, but let's see, like <laughs> this guy just burning a billion dollars. He might be just throwing a billion dollars out, you know, too. I it mean, could be. Someone's going to benefit from, yeah. from, from him spending that. It's going in someone's pocket. I mean, it's, I, I don't know exactly what happened, but like, I think I think it would become cheaper and cheaper to attack. I think that Bitcoin would tank. Let me ask you, why? Maybe the price would stop because exchanges would just be like, we we can't even like guarantee that this money is ours. We're afraid of double spends. Is, is the reason that none of these minority chains have been attacked is is that there's no incentive? Um, because I don't understand why ha- someone hasn't you know leased hash power or or I mean, if there's money to be made, I don't understand why it hasn't, hasn't happened already. I don't think there's much money to be made attacking them. I think there's more money to just mine the Bitcoin. Mine the Bitcoin, Lebowski. Even, even, even the even the smaller chains, like there's uh, there's there's no. Uh, I, th- I think I think there's more money. The mo- if there's money to be made, it's just to mine them. I, okay. Maybe. Or the money to attack them isn't as high as it should be, or could be if to, to, to be profitable. But that that could also change because like you have to have, you have a really this- dishonest actor to like pull off a double spend. By the way, because like I mean, would you do it? Given the opportunity, would you double spend? Well, I, I heard the story. This was like a month ago, where w- one exchange they they pumped some altcoin, uh, took over the chain, and then cashed out in Bitcoin. And do you don't remember that yeah, story? I do, yeah, I do. So that 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 kind of you know that type of stunt, uh, I thought. Yeah, for, I mean the exchange. I, I think benefited from that. Like, yeah, I think exchanges. If well, I thought the exchange lost coin, because they they. They ran a price up artificially and then cashed out, like uh, you know. That, I, I, which which chain was that too? Because that was like a pretty big one. I thought it was a Lisk, like or a, not Lisk, but it was something. It was something like that. It might have been Lisk. No, it wasn't. It was. Minor, but, yeah, yeah. but they they. I mean, like I mean, Luke Dash Junior attacked Aurora Coin or Coiled Coin a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I think Aurora Coin was fifty one percented, and there have been another. I mean, there was that there was that site we found recently that like did some rough calculations of how how expensive it would be to attack these chains. Like some of yeah, the, there there is a there is a site that does that. Some it, of them are real fucking cheap. Yeah, so it's like why not why why isn't that happening more and more? I mean, like why why not just do it just for the fuck of it if it's a thousand dollars? Like if it costs a thousand dollars, right? I mean, there's people out there that might want to do it. That want to you know that have that money to spend just for the sake of doing it. Like why not? Why why are crypto fifty one dot com? Yeah. Why why computer science students like that was there would be great projects to run in a lab where you have like some hardware available. A if one you, hour attack on Bitcoin would be two hundred eighty thousand dollars, right now. And what does that get you? Just a, a seize up of the network? Essentially? Yeah, you could seize it up fifty one percent. I mean, what's funny for me is that with Bcash. Was that Veer was mining at like fifty-seven or sixty percent of the chain for a while, and nobody gave a fuck. Mm. Oh, you mean like like his his whole operation was yes. the majority? Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Like there wasn't a lot of like. No one gave fucks. No, no zero R- fucks. No RBTC people were like, oh my god, it's a, it's for the one. Nobody cared. Yeah. Because back in the day, like like Gmail. I mean, do you remember? Do you remember would, when uh, yeah. sex.io? Yeah, sex. uh, had, <laughs> <laughs> spelled C-E-X. had fifty one percent. Had fifty one percent for like three hours, and everyone freaked the fuck out. It was like the top host on our Bitcoin. And people were like, Andreas Antonopoulos came out and like <laughs> made he like like he made an announcement about it, and like it was just it was pandemonium for twenty four hours. Bitcoin might be done. It's just the worst thing that could possibly happen. A uh, a, a mining. Uh, Outfit has more than fifty percent. Like it's like, and it's pooled mining, by the way. So like, it didn't even matter. Everyone just switched their hash power mm-hmm. to another chain or to another uh, to another pool. Yeah, but it was enough of a big deal where people thought it was like they, they thought it was huge. Right. It was like the biggest thing that could happen. And I remember Sex.io had to like uh, do it like Ghash had to, had to announce that they weren't planning on attacking the chain. They were going to be benevolent with their fifty one percent. Yeah. <laughs> Because that was around the time when, like, people were... Like, look, one of the arguments against Bitcoin was that it could be 51%ed. And there was a lot of discussion about, like, what that attack might look like and, like, how that would be played out. And then... But, I mean, these these are astounding. Like, uh, Ethereum, to attack for one hour, $90,000. Bitcoin Cash, nineteen, Litecoin, eighteen, Dash, 10000 Ethereum Classic, 5000 Bitcoin, 600 bucks. And those are like, I mean, that, that that seems really cheap. Einsteinium, which is a great element, twelve dollars for an hour of attack. I mean, that's your point, though. Is like at, at twelve bucks, why not? Right. I mean, well, <laughs> let me ask you this: Can what you short, can you short that with a hundred x leverage? I don't get so hundred. Like at like twelve dollars, I mean, like why? Do they have one ASIC running on this thing? What is that? I have no idea. What's the market cap on on, on Einsteinium? I don't know. A fifteen point two million. Kevin, we we want to make a bunch of money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Let's let's uh, <laughs> let's, just, let's just see what we can make. On I got a hundred bucks on it. Let's go. <laughs> Fifteen, twelve, twelve dollars yeah. for an hour. I mean, I don't think anyone would even notice. Well, that's maybe the thing. it's happening and people just aren't noticing. By the way, that's the most creative symbol on all of Coin Market Cap Einsteinium. It's EMC two. <laughs> nice. Let's actually go. <laughs> I think the reason no one cares is because no one really uses it. Right. Uh, that seems to, to be the obvious answer. Well, I think I think also like given given people's trading experience, I think that like there would be zero way to unload this shit. Where would you unload it? Tux exchange? Like what what exchange like it, there's well, probably 11 trades a day on half of this. Well, what are, what are the what what exchanges are hosting as like what exchange is also one of like of the overlap of being a large exchange with a lot of shit coins? Binance. I mean, like Poloniex had a lot of uh, coins on there. There's a bunch of other exchanges that have come up within the last few years that right you may or may not notice. You have to go back and look at it. But like right, like who's who's supporting a lot of these? Like you know, Bitcoin Private, which is my favorite implementation of the blockchain. Uh, who is the one that promoted that? What child actor? Oh, Bitcoin's right. got Brock Pierce. Red Creighton. Bitcoin Private and Red Creighton. <laughs> Red Creighton. Creighton. Yeah. And uh, th- th- that one is uh, $61 to attack for an hour. I think what's your, your blockchain as a, a child actor. I think that, like, you're, you're in. in. Yeah. You're in. <laughs> Who like, what, what child actor does Ethereum have? Is Vitalik a child actor at this point? Because he's, he's, he's like, like one. He, he's done a lot of acting, like, you know. Uh, 
telling reporters while he's sitting there that he's learning Chinese and like other weird shit. I really enjoyed that one. That shit. interview where he was like learning Chinese in between questions. Yeah. Like, what a dick. Yeah. <laughs> he might be there. He might be their actor, their child actor. He might be. Besides, he, every chain has to have a child actor and you, a Russian. If you had to have a child actor to support your shit coin. Brock Pierce is the best one. Macaulay Culkin's got to get. Oh, in dude, game. Yeah. yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, he, dude. He was on. He was. He's. Uh, he was on Rogan, right? Yeah, I. I would. I could see a guy like that getting involved in some projects. He's got to get on Ethereum. Someone's got to get him. There's got to be a child actor in every single in every single chain. Yeah. Ripple, Stellar, Stellar, Stellar. Yeah. Stellar should get Macaulay Culkin. That would be good for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw Col- Kobe Bryant was speaking at a Tron event. Uh, was he today or something? Yeah. Okay, so they have Kobe. He's, yeah. he's like a child actor. It's good. That's close enough. He started playing when he was in high school, right? Yes. Yeah. So he's like the same thing. Yeah, you're right. There's a trend here. I'm telling you, there's there's a child actor on every chain. That's how you know that oh, he's probably loved in China too. And I think Tron is like the Chinese. Uh, Great Ethereum. point. Great point. Yeah. 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 Chinese people love tall black guys. I don't know why. <laughs> like, like Kim Jong-un and Dennis Rodman. Yeah, yeah, Kim Jong-un and Dennis Rodman. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know what it is. It, it's like a, it's, it's like, a, it's not a racism thing. It's the opposite. Yeah. It's like racial reverence. I, I don't know. Dwayne, Dwayne Wade's probably up for get him involved in one I don't, of projects. But, but, I think Dwayne started playing basketball when he was like post-college though, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he went to Marquette. Yeah, so. Oh. Doesn't work. I've learned a lot about sports in the last few weeks. Maybe you've noticed. Oh, wow. <laughs> Level up your sports game. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, but, yeah, the, the mining stuff's an interesting thing, I think, because, like, the subsidies have – like, we talked about the subsidies now for, like, over a year. Mm-hmm. And I think a year ago I was positing that if you want to, like – if you want to attack Bitcoin miners and get them out of your country, you gotta you got to stop subsidizing the energy, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's what a lot of countries are starting to realize. That they're distinguishing between like burning energy for your appliances and burning energy for a miner. Mm-hmm. And they're taxing Bitcoin miners. So we have Norway, I think, is the most recent to announce that they are going to end subsidies. Mm-hmm. They declared that. Yeah. Um, Which is great. They, they, I think it's hilarious. Yeah. They, Good they, job, Norway. Yeah. <laughs> miners, I need you. Okay, now, miners, I need you to go in there into parliament and you need to bribe some politicians with your Bitcoin monies, mm-hmm. and uh, and th- you can do that because the trans it's 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 semi fungible. Mm-hmm. It's mostly anonymous. You can pay off politicians, and that's how you get rid of the subsidy. So I'm I'm playing both sides. And you innovate in the in the use case of governance for blockchain. Yes, like, governance that, for blockchain needs to happen at the government level. Yes. How enforceable is that to beyond like a huge mining farm? Well, I think it's a little bit like the RICO Act or like money laundering. I think I think I think that's mainly what they're attacking is these like mining farms. Mm. I don't think that you know there's going to be a lot like people like mining in their home. I think that that's a small problem. I think you're not talking about billions and billions of dollars of energy. And if if they are, it's easy to find them. You just like look at the hot spots. You know, you raid them for weed. You find a mining uh, outfit, and then you 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 have the IRS or whatever your equivalent in your country is go after them. That's how I would do it. Mm-hmm. Comcast, FPNL, Florida Pub- Public, Florida Power and Light. Power and Light. Yeah, Power and Public and Light. Florida Public and Light. <laughs> <laughs> Florida Power and Light. Uh, you know, any of these things, like they'll, they'll just help. You know, they, these are these are the government's biggest backers. I think they're probably more important than like uh, what's what's a company that does the blockchain blockchain analysis chain analysis chain analysis chain analysis. I think you they're did, more. You, I think the biggest chain analysis companies are FPNL. And the, 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 the <laughs> that's actually funny because, like, yeah, 
Like, where, where you, you want to fly where people are actually mining. Yeah, that's what you got to do. You just call, you up, you call up FP and I'm like, where's the miners? Yeah. And they're like, okay, they're over here and here yeah. and here. Or they're growing weed. One well, of the two. Yeah. Because why, why else would your electricity? That's the thing. You, you just keep, you have to keep you have to keep <laughs> weed illegal so you can continue to justify raids on people's mining outfits. Well, what's Hold funny? Is, what's funny is when weed's illegal and like what are you the gonna cops do? Show up and they're like, no, we're oh, just growing weed. They're just they're just growing weed. <laughs> That's okay. Keep, keep on. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the perfect like uh, thing for miners. And what you do is like, you, if you're a miner, you then just start also growing weed. Yeah. So if it gets legalized, <laughs> are they going to be competing for the subsidies? The, the the, 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 the weed, weed people, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there's, well, there's, yeah. okay. So this is, but this is, this has been my point. Is that there's always, there's always a second best thing. Like the question is, what is the first best thing to do with your energy? And one of the things that you can do is you can mine Bitcoin, right? But if there's something more lucrative, like I don't know, growing fucking weed, then you're going to do that. And blockchain mining is a stupid thing to do when there's something more profitable to do with that energy because it just reverts back to the fact that this is literally a representation of destroyed energy. Mm-hmm. That's it. But so is growing weed. The output of anything here is just that it's it's literally the output of destroyed energy. Mm-hmm. The universe always moves towards entropy. But is... But, but, is it is is is, uh, is it a simple analogy to look at like a weed growing operation as because like there's not well it's not exactly I mean it's there's similar well there's going to like come a time where it's less energy, profitable but, to grow and sell weed right but like when you look at stuff you're looking at you're like you want to start a company essentially what you're doing is you're you're piping electricity into the company you're piping in a number of other things you have a bunch of inputs mm-hmm. and if your company is literally reliant on the destruction of energy that's all it does. Then you know you have to you have to decide what you're doing. Are you going to destroy energy to to make money growing and selling weed, which is a lot of effort, or are you just going to burn it? You know, making Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And chances of Bitcoin being more profitable than like another operation that does that that actually produces something that isn't Bitcoins is very low. I mean, Bitcoin should be like the twelfth best thing you could do with burning energy. That would be my assumption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also like you could. Grow like you, like you, there's only so much weed that you could probably sell at any given time or any other product, right? And that's kind of the difference with anything. well, that's what happens is that as, because, as, as because, people move into a market, mm-hmm. it becomes less profitable to do that thing. So, like, maybe weed becomes the first best thing you could do with like burning electricity, right? Mm-hmm. Over time, it might become the sixth, seventh, eighth, two hundredth, mm-hmm. and Bitcoin might you know beat it. But like at the moment, weed is probably a better thing to do with burning energy. Mm-hmm. My, a lot of miners aren't making this calculation though. They just they want to do this thing. They want to burn the energy and they want to like you know get the bitcoins, get mm-hmm. the bitcoins. But you know I, I just don't think that like if if you get rid of the subsidies, I think that you're going to do a lot to get rid of the miners. And I, I, I you, you know people will start doing things with the energy that's a little bit more useful. Can I say that? Ooh. What's the point of the that's, subsidies? <laughs> What's the point of the subsidies in the first place, though? I mean, obviously they're. They're well, there because I, they want it to be like that. I think that I think that like energy subsidies are weird because you know what's funny to me is FPNL and all of the other uh, the other energy producers in America. Their hope is that you consume electricity because you pay them when you consume it. They make a little profit, right? They're not they're not making this electricity at a loss. Yet they're running commercials about like getting more energy efficient in your home, right? And that's because the the government doesn't want you. You know, there's a lot of externalities to burning energy, whether it's you have to build a nuclear uh, power plant in an area or you have to, you know, explode more coal and, and, and burn that and destroy the environment, whatever it is. There's a lot of externalities to producing energy. 
So the incentive of like electric companies is to get people to burn energy. So they have this sort of weird incentive where they want you to burn it, but they also want to like protect the environment. You know, so there's people that in in like in any industry, there are people that burn vast amounts of electricity, and those people get deals from FPNL. They get big deals. One check, they write it to FPNL, and they get a big they get a big subsidy just for like burning extra you know extra, a lot of electricity. They, that's, like a bulk that's discount. Business. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, FPNL is weird because I mean, any any of these energy producers are weird because they're trying they're giving people that are burning energy in bulk big discounts, and uh, and the subsidies are in some ways to uh, to alleviate some of the burden of paying for energy. In some places, the subsidies exist because they're using the local resource, right? So mm-hmm. for example, in Washington State, the subsidies exist because people are they're using Washington water to produce hydroelectric power at very cheap. And providing those trade-offs as a government makes sense in some cases because if you have a giant factory that comes in your town to burn that energy, that may employ like that number of people because it's it's a factory making. Well, I mean that's products. the thing. A lot of times they use it as like an offset, so like they can get some company to come in yeah. and produce jobs. Right? It's a it's a really dumb offset, or it's it's been it's been fairly effective over the years. You know, like maybe we have high taxes, but we our energy is basically free. You know, you're more willing to pay. Uh, if your taxes and your energy are, you know, you, you, as a business, you're just trying to figure out, you know, kind of zero zero things out, figure out wh- where you're going to make the most money. And if you're a high energy business, you're going to move into a place where energy is very cheap. But the idea is, if you have an, an energy consuming business, you're going to produce a lot of jobs. Bitcoin mining farms don't. Mm. Right, and that's that's the the how mining is done is very different than other energy right. burning industries. Yeah, it's just it does. It's, it's literally just a, a destruction of energy machine, which is great. I think it's hilarious. But like Bitcoiners are going all around the world. They're looking for subsidies. They go into those places. They destroy the energy in those areas. Just destroy it. Nobody is able to get the subsidy. They eat up the energy, which is totally fine. Except that it's going to force all of these places to get rid of these subsidies, at least for miners. And that's that's been kind of my thing is trying to figure out whether you can distinguish between mining and other operations. Because if you can't, then just the entire subsidy needs to go for everybody. But what they're trying to do is carve out a special niche of you know classification of you know what these people are doing, crypto mining, for example, and say that this specific subsidy cannot be used for that. It's essentially a tax. Mm-hmm. It's better. I mean, it's better than these comp- these uh, states and stuff that are banning mining. Mm. You- well, some people have been comparing um. Like looking at like what Venezuela does, which is fine where people are mining and just confiscate the miners and then take over the mining operations. Yeah. Which is still you can do that when your government owns your energy. Yeah. Yeah. Like when the government pays zero for energy because they're they're extracting all of the value of people's creation and uh and, and then they destroy their own natural resource. I mean, I guess that's one thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Are, are people saying that's a good thing? No, I think I saw that um like like people making anti Bitcoin criticisms that like mining isn't effective because the government can just take it over. Yeah. But it's kind of a it's a very like um unnuanced like uh perception of like how this kind of works, right? You know, because it's like the government's doing that, but they're destroying their own, you know, Utterly. resources and yeah. energy to, to 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 do that, which in Venezuela's case, it's a corrupt high level, you know, the people at the corrupt people are corrupt at the high level in government there. They don't care. They're probably just looking to keep surviving right. or, or make some money and get the fuck out. Right. So it's coming at the cost of the entire country, 
and the country's future, which is completely, you know. I just want to know where it's going. I want to know who has the private keys to all that Bitcoin being mined down there. I I, I bet there's I bet Maduro. Like, I think it's Maduro too. I think he, he just. That's probably how he paid for his uh, Salt Bay dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not getting uh, the, he's not the, getting the gold. The, so he's yeah. got petrol. <laughs> well, what's funny is like if if we could actually hear stories of people like like some of these officials, if not Maduro, then like his associates killing each other for their private keys or losing them, and like how and much like, do you, you want know? to acquire a petro? By the way. I, I want to look I want to. I want to well, get one. What is it right now? Like it keeps changing. It changed last time we it's looked at dash. this. It was like it was a dash fork. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it's a fork. I think it's on dash. It's definitely it? dash. I thought so. That's. I, but that could change again. Like they may decide. It, I, I don't know. It's 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 so weird. It's so hard to pinpoint down. What well, it it's is. it's Venezuela. They can do whatever the fuck they want. So. But I kind of. I mean. Did some rep go down there and have a private meeting? And, That's what uh, I want to know. Like, like did Dash, the deal? do you think like Evan? Evan went down there, or was it Evan? He's like, hi, uh, Maduro. Uh, <laughs> hi, you want to use Dash? And you know, like, can explain it to him. Like, it's private. Yeah. Like, why, why the fuck would you use Dash? Like, what? I, I want to know who their master node operators are. If it is a fork, I don't think it is, dude. I think I think you are right about the Dash with the marketing thing. I think I think they're doing. I think they've done a lot of marketing because. I keep hearing people talk about wanting to run a masternode and do masternode type things with a different chain. Yeah. And I'm like, where did you get that idea of a masternode? Like, why why are people excited about masternodes? Yeah. And then, like, Maduro, like, Venezuela doing the Petro, it's like they got caught up in that marketing cycle. I just like the idea. Like, who, who's running the, the Dash masternodes in Venezuela? Yeah. Is Maduro getting, like, a few Petro every time somebody spends or they mine a block? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's hilarious. Speaking of mining, mm-hmm. did you see that Gigawatt? Has bankrupt, bank bank bankrupt. They've declared bankruptcy. They've declared, they've declared bankruptcy. Declared so you know we, we bankruptcy. Yeah, we one of my uh, favorite moments in the office. Oh, the show. Yeah, the where office. Michael Michael declares bankruptcy. Oh, I thought, I thought bankruptcy. Been like a, a, a general. <clears throat> no, no, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he declares bankruptcy on behalf of the company. No, he just screams bankruptcy. Oh, I declare bankruptcy like that. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Gigawatt, um, we, we kind of brought them up in one of the other... They, they were American-based. They yeah. were like in Washington or right. whatever. And uh, it was the guy... Did we make any predictions? I hope I, I hope I said they'd go bankrupt. They, well, they, they were looking at going... They were having financial issues. Like, they were making weird bets. Like, they had something going on where they thought they could, like, sell containerized mining operations. And I think they were just, like, sticking miners in, like... Um, were they the ones in that news report that we like saw a while ago? Do you remember that long article that was talking about like mining in general? Yeah, it, yeah, it was that. It was those guys. Ah, which by the way, but it was a good example of a mining operation. You know, millions of dollars in investment. Oh, and, and they were doing like weird things, like trying to tokenize like invest like investor money or something, like offering tokens. Really? Yeah, they were trying these different things to attract, um, like investors and get you know do that whole. Uh, that whole shindig because they they just weren't they they weren't they weren't successful, despite the fact, like like mining it was just it it shows you just how hard mining is even at a even at a um you know, not 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 a sm- uh, mom and pop operation like a larger level, which by the way, like, not to get into a like a price discussion but like some people always like to think or start start talking about. Mining as like you know, are there going to be some weird changes and what's going on because the price like does significantly drop? And it's like, what what is the, is there a generalized price point for when these miners just are like completely fucked? I don't know. I mean, like as as Bitcoin falls, like I, we'll probably see more and more mining operations go bust, which I think mm-hmm. is hilarious. 
Mm-hmm. It, it just, I mean, like it's it proves a point. Like diamonds are in the ground in Africa. Bitcoin are in the ground in places with energy subsidies. Mm-hmm. That's like that's where they exist. Bitcoins don't exist elsewhere. If you try to find bitcoins elsewhere, you'll go bankrupt finding them. You'll find a few, but you'll go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. The story of twenty one. Do, do you think that with the the hash power dropping off, that it will have a negative effect on miner centralization, as the only equipment that's online is the the newest and. I, I don't like, think I care about minor centralization. I mean, like, here's here's the thing. Like, everyone talks about minor centralization as a thing, and they're they're talking about geographic centralization, but I, I don't care that much. Like, miners are going to go where the where there is where there is subsidies. So, if there are subsidies in China, they're going to centralize what, there. What about like from a, on a manufacturer basis, like Bitmain or like a specific manufacturer being able to, you know, produce and you know. Well, the history of ASICs, it seems, yeah. is that ASICs are really hard to make consistently, right? Mm-hmm. So Bitmain apparently has had huge problems. I think they lost their chief like uh, scientist. Yeah. It's so, such a high degree of specialization. So they weren't I, able to retain the guy that would give them that competitive edge. The one ASIC guy. Have, sure. have, they, have they hit a limit in terms of physical like limitations of size on the chip? I don't where, know. Where are they at? Seven nanometers now? I think they've been there for a while. Yeah, but the efficiency on those is not... It's, it's not uh, nowhere near like fourteen nanometer chips or whatever. Well, it's not worth the extra money, I guess. I believe value that. wise to do it. So it's not the sweet spot, I guess. So, um, you know, I was kind of hoping, you know, around at this point in time that it would be more. You know, you wouldn't see these quantum leaps and and uh, what's the term I'm looking for? You know, obsolescence yeah. of the equipment. Well, I think we're only, I mean, like, look, like, we are getting to the size of these chips that, I mean, it becomes, I mean, it's it's asymptotic to zero, basically, right? You can only grow, you can get a chip only so small, right? If you can make them, like, I don't know, two atoms big, you know, that would be as small as you can make them. Yeah. And I'm no, sure that you they can't stack get them. that size. They stack right. them now. There's, yeah. like, bigger, like, on top of each <laughs> other. So, I mean, that's fine. But yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have uh, you know smaller and smaller returns on investment for like size gains. It, at some point, it becomes more optimal to figure out how to cool them better or how to do whatever better. Like those yeah. size initially, like when you could take that from you know uh, two hundred nanometers down to fourteen, like that was huge because like you just get the gains on the speed from the pieces of the chipping closer together. Do you also think that the benefit of Producing heat, like in a cold climate, as a heater device, will be a significant. I don't know. Like, I mean, like I mean, the, the, the less you can pay for any element of the mining operation, the better. I imagine, yeah. right? So, I mean, I, I we should have that miner guy from the the meetup come on. Yeah, he'd be better at answering that. But I, I think that like what you're going to end up with is probably really efficient cooling systems that are liquid based over time. Sure. Yeah, I'm from Florida, so I don't have a concept of. Of uh, heating, co- heating costs, me neither. <laughs> or, I mean, like, how that would like, benefit down me. in down in Florida, down here, the, the energy is expensive. And when I hear people running mining operations down here, I just laugh my ass off. I'm like, okay, good luck. You're not gonna. There's no way you're making money at 14 cents a kilowatt hour or whatever the fuck it is. The the allure of printing money is is too strong. It's too strong to. to when when I lived in Brooklyn, I remember going to a Burger King and this this they gave me a dollar bill back. And it was clearly printed from someone's color printer. It was like a one dollar bill. Really? Yeah, that's funny. And uh, and it was so it was it was just the jankiest looking thing. It was on it was on white paper, and uh, 
I look at it, and she, she, the lady looks at me, and she goes, you, uh, you think that looks funny, don't you? And I go, yeah. And she goes, my manager says it's a real dollar. <laughs> <laughs> but I look at it like, whoever it was passed off this, like, printed dollar bill from his computer to, to, uh, to you know, Burger King. They accepted it, and then they tried to give it to me in change. It seems to me that that would be a better way to go for people down here. Go spend it, like, at that Taco Bell that didn't serve black people in Hialeah. And they'll take it. <laughs> Did that really happen? You didn't see that video? No, it was the funniest video I've but, ever but seen. I totally believe that would happen. Did you see that, Kev? I did. Yeah, it was one of the. It was hilarious. I'll have to watch that video. Yeah, watch it. It's, I, it's I, very funny. In Miami, I can see. I can see that happening for sure. <laughs> the, the lady just wouldn't speak English. She's like, no hablo, no hablo English. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. No, you go to other Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, she was very like very much. I don't speak English train. You go to other Taco Bell. But, yeah, like, I, I think I, I, for, for Florida, it seems like a, just a stupid use of your money to try to print money in the way that Bitcoin is printed. Use your printer. Print, like, dollar bills. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, a much, it's much more lucrative. Yeah. Probably the same chance of getting caught, too, going to jail. Do that in Hialeah. Um, but, yeah, what's this uh, <laughs> gift card trading scam? Oh, this was great. Um, well... Maybe scam. So this article met up with this guy who is... This article. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a story where the, the reporter was talking to this guy who is... Um, he's running his own little small business selling Bitcoin in exchange for gift cards. So he's selling Bitcoin to people, and I think the example was like Kenya or something, right? And they're sending him back uh, gift card codes... And he's just selling like Bitcoin at a, at a, at a high up rate. The business works by and so for example, he was at Walmart, and what Walmart allows right now, or it, it, it's kind of in the middle of this, right? But Walmart is one of the few places that allows you to buy a Walmart gift card, take that gift card, and then buy other gift cards with it. Really? So what he's doing is getting, like, let's say he's selling $500 of Bitcoin. He's getting that, like, $500 uh, Walmart gift card, buying, like, let's say 10 different gift cards of different amounts, and then selling those in places that he knows that he can, like, make. And so he's... It doesn't sound like a scam. It sounds like he's just... Well, I don't know why... Yeah. It's it's a money laundering concern. It sounds great. For Walmart. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Well, so that's where it's interesting because he used to do this at Target and Best Buy Mm -hmm. until Target and Best Buy pulled the plug on letting you buy other gift cards with their gift card. Well, that makes perfect sense. Walmart said they were going to do something similar, but like... They're, they just had like they were like oh we're gonna restrict how many gift cards you can buy really? or whatever. But every so it's like Sudafed. But when he went and did it, he, <laughs> they, they, he had carte blanche in doing it, and he was like, "This is." And basically, there's people in like Kenya who can't get Bitcoin any other way, but they do have access to Walmart. Walmart. That's oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and he was like, it was kind of funny because he was like he uh, he associate he was a Bitcoin person, but he associated himself as a communist. And he like saw this. He saw this as a way of. Um, I mean, he basically articulated like exploiting the the inefficiency between like gift cards and what you can do with Bitcoin. Well, I think that people don't realize that like the value between gift cards is it's literally a remittance corridor. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm kind of surprised that gambling sites don't do this. 
in some you know some capacity because like the gift card exchange it's literally a remittance corridor you have exactly the same concerns the difference is there's no KYC between that remittance corridor so like you can get Bitcoin into Kenya this way you get your Walmart back your, your Walmart cash back and uh, and now you have a liability in Walmart mm-hmm. it's it's just money yeah and th- but these companies like they have a they can't restrict these the the gift card stuff too much because that's probably like driving a lot of purchases like for them <laughs> that's in their entire yeah, margin exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that's so, the, like, like a lot of them lock that money up you know they they have it on their they have it on their assets like their uh their balance sheet is a, a liability right just sitting there and it's billions of dollars sometimes and i forget the amount that goes on spent every year but it's like 15 it's billion or some yeah. um, some huge amount I, I don't know what it is but i think starbucks is like 5 billion dollars out, outstanding in gift cards and that's just cash they just get that mm. I, I was like when i was a kid I was utterly confused by gift cards. Utterly. I was like, Dad, so like you're telling me you took your $5 bill, you walked to Target, you gave them 5 bucks, and then they gave you a gift card that you could only spend now at Target for $5. And you're going to give that to someone as a gift? I always thought they had a like cost to them. I thought you spent like, like 55 bucks for a $50 gift card. You, you, like, but you have to be such a dick to give that to someone as a gift. Everyone does it. I mean, I do it. Yeah. Like, it gives me such a dick, well, though. Well, because like, it's why more, do people want that? It's better than cash. It's, it seems more thoughtful. It's, it's, yeah. It seems more thoughtful. But it's not. Says the it's, company. It's, yeah. it's, <laughs> every, everybody can easily just have cash on them. But if you're like, oh, I got you, uh, I got your gift card to Best Buy because I know you like to spend things at Best Buy. It's like I made an effort to get you something. When I was like four years old, I was like, cash. you fucking asshole, reduced the fungibility of my money. Yeah. No, I wasn't. No, you <laughs> but I, I was always confused. Like, why? Why I can't spend this anywhere else? Why would you do this? Right? Why would you do this? You've restricted my cash. It's a. Hu- I mean, it's just it's just a funny human thing that we do. That like we we, we want to give if we if we're, when it comes to gift giving, we we, we want to give gift cards versus. Just I just want to know who came up with it. Like, okay, so we're gonna sell this thing. It's exactly the same price you give us. We're gonna put that amount on there. And you can only spend it here. It's not a credit card. It's nothing else. It's just literally cash that can only be spent here. And it, and and like you look at the exchanges because like Paxful, you can literally see the price of like what a Panera gift card goes for or a Whole Foods gift card goes. That's so for. interesting. It, yeah. It you literally reduce the value of your money mm-hmm. by putting it into a gift card, and you can see exactly by how much. Yeah, but not if you're going to spend it there. You know, like if you're going to spend twenty dollars in Starbucks anyway, it doesn't really affect you. But you know, like if you, if you want to convert, but, yeah. But, but, but did you know, a majority of the people doing this, by the way, are people that have a little scam that they know how to like convert it into real money. So that's why that's why Panera is for a while was the cheapest gift card. It was the worst uh, value, right? Yeah, you get it was like eighty percent or seventy percent, thirty percent. So like yeah. you have other gift cards that were like really high. I, we knew a guy who was doing Whole Foods. He would literally sit outside the Whole Foods. He would he would sell. Someone he would sell, he would buy get Whole Foods gift cards on Paxful, run into Whole Foods, buy the, buy I think wine, all day long. He would just be buying wine at Whole Foods, and he would he would spend the gift cards immediately at the register. He would like in the checkout buy Whole Foods gift cards, and that was and he was selling the wine somewhere else. So like it, people it, we had we knew someone else who was doing it with gold. Remember on Amazon? Yeah. How, what was? Do you remember like what were the, the specifics of it? Because that was a little like there were a few steps in that process. They would get yeah they would they would they would sell. I think I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I think they would buy gold or sell gold on Amazon. Mm-hmm. They, would, they would buy gold. They'd buy gold on Amazon using gift cards. Mm-hmm. 
and the gold would get sent. I think they had their, their account shut down a number of times because what would happen is they would spend it, and then someone else would try to spend it, or someone would report it as like a fraudulent card. And so, like, the gold had already been sent out, so they'd have the gold, and voila, the gift card is, you know, spent, like, three times. Mm. So Amazon, you know, would just shut down their account. But they, their their whole scam was, like, getting – it wasn't even a scam, but their whole thing was, like, getting gold, getting it on Amazon, and then selling it at the, like, gold shops locally. Mm. Right. You're, you're, you're double spending whatever you can sell. Right. What's funny is a lot of these, like, little schemes, the whole point is, like – Basically prevent someone from trying to double spend the gift card, mm-hmm. and you, you you yourself try to get the gift card and use it before anybody else. Mm. It's it's weird because like a lot of the risk oh because because they're selling the gift card and then they're immediately taking they'll sell it the gift card it. like three times right right you're 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 selling it yeah they um it's a uh, it's a Broadway play the producers you yeah, never that? saw that I know about it but I never it's, saw it's a great it. it's funny it. because it's about a financial scheme. Yeah, right? Like, it's like a... What is it? So they, they, they have a Broadway show. Mm-hmm. Uh, they try to make the worst Broadway show ever called Springtime for Hitler. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and the goal is to raise a shit ton of money, mm-hmm. make a terrible Broadway show, and then have a bunch left over that they get to keep. Okay. The way they do that is they oversell their offering by, like, 400%. So they leverage themselves. So they sell like 400 or 800 or 1,000% of the show. The goal is to have one show and then be like, oh, sorry, everybody. It just didn't work out, right? And then nobody would find out that they'd oversold the show. What happens is the show is hilarious. Everybody loves it. And they end up with like, you know, a show that is going to promise to be one of the longest Broadway shows in the history of Broadway. For which they've oversold, you know, thousands of percentage points. Right. So <laughs> and they can no longer tell their investors that they're like pulling it because it's so successful. That's funny. Yeah. You've never you've never seen it? I haven't Dude, seen it. Dude, it's wonderful. The best it. the best Broadway song ever, most offensive, is in that show called Springtime for Hitler. It's springtime for Hitler in Germany. Winter for Poland and France, and it just goes on like that. It's it's super offensive. It's great, and they, <laughs> it's absolutely wonderful. That's funny. Yeah, isn't it? Um, what's the actor that was married to the the horse lady? Right? Isn't isn't he it? The horse lady. Uh, He's definitely talking about Je- Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. We- <laughs> <laughs> There's only one. <laughs> Matthew Bro- is, is it Matthew Broderick? Is he, is, married, is, is, is he married to her? I think I think he's I think he was he Sounds is or was right. married to her, but I don't know if it's him. I'm Are you talking about else. Sarah Jessica Parker? I'm, yeah, of course. She's a horse. <laughs> you just say the horse lady. People know who that is. <laughs> Dude, you know what's funny about her is the only thing I ever knew her from ever was the Flight of the Navigator. Did you ever watch that movie as a kid? Fight of the Navigator. Yeah, it's like a kids movie. It's like Disney or something. Mm-mm. Producers is it two thousand? It's it's the recent one, right? Yeah. Well, few, no, the, no. The, there was a up. recent movie. Uh, there was a recent version of it. Okay. But it was it was a Broadway show originally. Okay. Is the is the recent one good? The, oh yeah, it, I was right. It was Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, he married her. Um, I can verify that. But I'm pretty sure he That's did. That's interesting. Like they got he. Uh, However you got there, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm just yeah, glad he, that oh, we. They're, they're still married. Yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker and him and. Matthew Broderick. Yeah. I'm just really glad that you said the horse actress yeah. and I knew. Yeah. That's that's really that's look, really the story up. here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sad. Oh that's man. Sad. Poor her. Yeah, well, she's had a lot of 
success. She does look like a horse. And she's still married, so that, that's good. I, I don't find her unattractive, but like it worries me that I'd be attracted to someone who clearly looks like a horse. Um, okay, so <laughs> <laughs> on, on, on the side of uh, of these gift cards, Bitcoin overtook iTunes this week, apparently, as the thing most demanded from scammers, mm-hmm. iTunes gift cards. So this, this story surprises me because I can't believe that iTunes gift cards are the thing that scammers want you to give them in exchange for... What are they doing? Like purchasing music? Are they just selling them on Paxful? I think if I remember on Paxful, iTunes and Amazon gift cards were like neck and neck for, for like 95 cents on the dollar. So then here's my other they question. Were the two, they were the two... If scammers are getting iTunes gift cards in order to sell them for Bitcoin, then wasn't... Bitcoin always the number one sort of demanded currency here. Well, you could you could make that argument, yeah. It, it just seems to me that the entire but, the entire goal has always been to revert to Bitcoin. But now, if it's if they're just blatantly asking for Bitcoin, it, that probably means the liquidity is there to just get people. It, it to, probably just means that there's enough ATMs in right. places, right? Well, I mean, or BTMs. You could say call them. maybe you could say it's a liquidity thing, but yeah, there's there's so many BTMs, it's easy. You to can tell grandma, person, like, uh, just yeah. go down to your West Palm uh, Theater and put two hundred thousand dollars into this machine mm-hmm. and then send it to this address. Oh, did you see the Uber thing? No, the Uber driver stopped the guy from uh, getting scammed. You saw that, didn't you? Yes. There's an IRS tax scammer talking okay. to a waiter, yeah. and he's he's talking. He's like, you know, you owe taxes. We're going to send the police to your house if you don't pay it right now. Like, like not in person. The guy was on the phone. He was on the he, phone. Yeah, okay. he, yeah. The the Uber driver overheard overheard the conversation and put two and two together in terms of what was going on and, and saved him. And and he was so reluctant because he had already sent three thousand. So Bitcoin. He, yeah, he didn't. You know, he, he didn't want to lose that money, and he was worried about like if you hang up right now, we're going to arrest you. The guy was saying, and he was trying to convince him. Just you know, he, he was going from ATM to ATM to like max them out. Yeah, he was on his way to get another thirty five hundred. Oh my God. Yeah, and you know, the, and the Uber driver heard. The, the, there was that moment of clarity when you, you he kind see of it. Re- you see oh, like, I'm so stupid. Yeah, but not, and then kind of went reverted back to God not damn sure. It. Yeah, not my sure. money. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. He, well, he doesn't. Yeah. There's there's a couple things. Number one, he doesn't want to. It's weird because like I, there's got to be like a different psychological profile, like the, the stages of grief you go through when you get scammed, because like you realize that you have that moment of clarity, and then I I. I'm convinced that everyone would do this. He then goes back to like, are you sure? Because like now he's lost money also. Yeah. And he doesn't want to have on top given of the his, threat of yeah. jail still overhanging. And he doesn't want to have given his money to somebody who's scamming him. So he would rather have given his money to like someone legitimate. Mm. So he yeah. also wants them to be real, even though he might go to jail. Because I think in his mind, he probably had already counted that money lost. And he'd convince himself. He's like, well, I, I haven't been declaring tips for years. So I, I guess they caught me. Mm. I, I think that's tip of the iceberg type phenomenon. I mean, that's got to be going on all day, every all day, day, everywhere, every day. I've got well, those calls. Like they, it's funny. It's got to be. It's got to be the kind of thing where they just make ten thousand, a hundred thousand phone calls a day, and they get like four people. This article has. This was the Australian tax office that. This was focused on, but the they have card rate scam. They have, they have, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> they have, they have a reporter uh, call back one of the numbers that called her, and like they, she entertains and walks through the whole process. Really, and it's like an Indian guy on the line at first, but he bumps it up to an Australian guy. 
Like, or you, by the voice, you can tell it's an Australian. Is it like an Australian Indian guy, or is it? Are they, doing, are they doing lead gen for like different countries? I don't now? know, but I think once they I know, get somebody... this is the uh, this is the tax office. Yeah, like okay, uh, I'm in Australia, but you hear it, and you're like, you're like, this does <laughs> okay. not sound legit at all. I mean, like, they're it's just so like like he's asking if, he, if they have an attorney. Dude, did I did I tell you about the one guy that got me? Oh, when they called Remember, you about yeah, they your, called uh, me about my sister. Well, yeah. they didn't call me about my sister. I gave them all the cues. This is the thing about the scam. It was really interesting. Like they call in and they play like a little audio files like. And then they start talking like, we have her. We've got her. we got her here in a van. And I go, who? My sister? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> it's a cold, they're cold reading it? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just you know, like, like, what? And they're like, she, like she's, got, she's, got a, she, she's called her boyfriend. She's called her parents already. None of them would give, him, give, give money. So you're the last one. And if you, you know, we're going to murder your sister. We're going we're gonna to cut her throat. And I'm sitting there like, holy fuck, my sister. It's like, that's my one weak spot. You get, you get my sister in a van and, and threaten to chop her nuts off. Uh, that's, that's when I will go full, <laughs> give everything up to like save her kind of thing. Like that's my uh, Liam Neeson moment. I got I skills. I don't know who you are. But I will. But I, <laughs> I will find but you. But I have a certain set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> And I will pay you whatever you, you ask. And so like, I'm just thinking like, okay, so like, okay, here's, I'm like taking note of my bank accounts and my Bitcoin. I'm like, okay, so like, I'm gonna go, I'm going, I'm going to the bank. I'm gonna empty everything out. Um, I'm gonna tell him, I'm gonna give him all of it, and then my sister will be released from the van. Meanwhile, I'm like having people call to like make sure my sister's okay, and she is. But like that that thing, I, I've never had like honestly, when I got off the phone and realized that she was okay, I literally cried. I've never had so much pent up sort of adrenaline rushing through my body mm. trying to solve the problem and then secondarily once i figured out that i was being scammed just the thoughts that i had been having for the last hour all welled up and like rushed out mm. i've never experienced that it was like projectile tears well they hit you in that emotional spot i didn't know i had it I thought I was heartless, and then like they threatened to murder my sister and slit her neck, and that was it. It was like, okay, all mm. right, everything, everything for you. Tell me where to be. Mm. Well, and the, with this IRS shit, you know, you hit people, and the one thing that they people people hate. Well, it's the thing that it's, they, a, they, it's they a terrifying. Like, thing oh, it's sir, like, like you have you have outstanding taxes. Oh, you're right. I haven't declared my tips. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been years. You're right. Oh shit, they've caught me. And, and the fact that, like, this guy on the other line is an Indian dude. In mine, it sounded like a Mexican, like, cartel guy. Like, hey, how you doing? You know, I was like, I guess it's an Italian. But, like, it was. It sounded like a guy who was, like, out of Breaking Bad. Yeah. And, you know, like, in these cases, like, I think people, like, they don't care what the accent is. They don't care how legit it sounds. They just convince themselves that if, if it's, you know what it is? Do you know what Pascal's wager is? But, but, yeah, but by the way, the Indian thing is not that uncommon with the IRS. That actual Indians call you? I had... Uh, an identity theft issue. You did legitimate. Yeah, and I had to like someone re- filed his taxes and got his return. And <laughs> that happens to everybody. I know. But, yeah. but, but, but when it, it happened but, to Sean, it happened to a lot of people. My re- yeah. resolving it, I did speak with somebody that had that Indian accent. So I mean, there you go. Even so, the IRS so it, that wasn't yeah. real. Sean. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Well, just, <laughs> just, yeah. Oops. Did they call you? Send us. Send us. Send us. Oh my God! Yeah. Know, just send but, us your. Just send us ten, ten Bitcoin. Well, and we'll yeah. you <laughs> what? <laughs> oh man! Yeah, yeah. but I, I didn't. I didn't have to spend any money on that. Like that was not. Yeah. So thank God. If I got scammed, they they took my time. Yeah. But. 
Um, we got your refund and everything worked out. All that worked out for the most part. Yeah. yeah so, so Sean, Sean has spoken to an actual Indian person at the IRS, but like, it, it doesn't really matter how legit it sounds. I, I, you know, okay, so Pascal's wager. Do you, you know what that is? Um, the do you know what this is, Kevin? Mm. Pascal's wager is real simple. It's the it's it's a question of like whether you should believe in God. Mm. And, and the question is, oh this. yes, I have. If there's a God, and you don't believe in Him, you're going to go to hell. Yes. But if there is a God and you do believe in him, your life might be nominally better. It might be nominally worse. doesn't matter. A little bit much. effort but, for... But yeah. you go to heaven. Yes. So that's, that's what this is. This is literally Pascal's wager. It's, okay, if I don't pay my IRS bill and I have an outstanding IRS bill, then I'm going to go to jail mm-hmm. for a long, long time. If I do pay it, I'm going to be out a few thousand bucks. My life will be nominally worse. For like a little bit of time, I'll save that money again. It's not like I don't live paycheck to paycheck now. I'm gonna just I'm gonna give it up. I'll live like shit for you know eight to ten months, but at least I'll be out of jail. At least I won't you know. And and then and that's what they're preying on. It's sort of that that sort of wager, mm. like in real time. I'm I'm kind of amazed because I, I really think that Bitcoin has enabled these scams like you wouldn't believe. Well, because you, the only way to mitigate. These types of scams is at the financial level, right? I mean, like that's 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 really the choke point that government has to preventing these scams from happening to people. Is is the finance? Yeah. And now you have a mechanism to the immutability is key. Oh yeah, people, you can't get it back, mm-hmm. dude. I, I think it's so funny when I like. Yeah. Oh, I already mm-hmm. sent a Bitcoin, like, bro. Dispute you're not it. getting that back. <laughs> Call customer service. Yeah, yeah, like he sent Bitcoin in spite of the yeah. I would see some guy like I need to call I need to call Peter Rula. Well, I'm surprised, like, I'm surprised that there isn't someone who's like offering customer service like customer uh, support services for these people. Like if you're a scammer, you, you hire it out to a generic. Oh, sir, I'm sorry, uh, you're not getting your money back. Uh, that was a scam. Like they could just be 100 percent about it. Yeah. Like oh, you want your money back? Call the customer service number. This is it, and that customer service number just be completely honest about what happened to you. Well, it's kind of like the timeshare resale scams where they bang the same people eight times. Yeah, uh, we actually have a buyer this time. <laughs> send us, send us three grand. We got everything set up. Oh and my then, god! Oh, he fell through. Oh then, damn, <laughs> dude, scams are amazing. And what's funny is the profile of people that fall for them is the fucking same. It's it's like the MLMs. You know it. We've seen it with MLMers who come to the Bitcoin meetups. Mm. They come, they're an MLMer, they show up, they talk about their MLM scam, we tell them it's a scam, it falls through, they go, you know, they've, they've put a bunch of money into it in time. A week later, they have a new one that's exactly the same looking. Exactly. And this one's more legit, and they'll give you a bunch of reasons why. That profile person, they, they tend to be a little entrepreneurial than, like, the average person. They want to be, yeah. Or they, they have they, they, they have the want to be that type of person. What's funny is I think a lot of us who get scammed, the other side is you get scammed and you're like, never again. That's my Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Never again. Sounds, Sounds like, like Putin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's reasons for that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, no, they, they're, they're kind of a never again. Like, I will never get scammed again. I, I've got this down. I got scammed once. Mm. Never again. Ever. And then they get scammed again. Speaking of scams, you 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 were in the Best Buy parking lot today. Yep. And you got white van speaker scam, didn't you? No, attempted. That was actually I got got with that when I was 16, <laughs> 16 years old, and that was the big eye opener. Was that your never again moment? It was my never ne- again. Never again moment where I got on the internet and I studied every type of variant of scam that exists, and uh, 
I've been pretty successful. If you can get one by me now, good you on you. It. Good, like, good, good, on, job. good, good, good on good you. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually given some people some rope just to see where it's headed. Uh, a couple uh, video game trading scams oh, nice. where they like last that. minute try to change an item or tell you they're going to duplicate it if you, you know, put it in the box. There's some interesting ones that, uh, we're, that we're, like in, in digital value type yes. propositions. Yeah. Interesting. They'll try to swap out like the white painted item for a gray one that you really can't tell the difference. Like last oh, minute, really? like they'll add some items extra to kind of cloud it. I mean, they get detailed and the amount of time, like it's a finesse scam, so they'll take like 45 minutes to try to set it up. But you know some of these items have value of a hundred bucks. Some are fifty bucks. Most are like ten, twenty dollars. So it's worth their in, time. In some ways, like what's really interesting is we talk about like inequality across countries and how Americans have like the top one percent of you know whatever. Yeah. Like you're in the top one percent if you're American. And I think that a lot of these scams articulate that sort of value because in America you would never work for three hours for a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. but in India you might. They were mostly foreigners. To my, <laughs> as I'm saying, like yeah. like you have these countries where a hundred bucks is like a month's salary. Sure. Well worth the time. That's that's what's interesting to me is like you have you have these items that I think are probably worth thousands of dollars some, at times, and they'll yeah. spend days getting one because like that's like I don't know a year's worth of salary for some of them, or like six months or three months worth of salary. Like it's it's a long it's a huge sal- like there's a I know a number of companies that like, like hire in the Philippines, and they'll talk about their Christmas bonuses. And I remember one good story was this guy, you know, was, uh, you know, they had, they had their company bonus at Christmas and they had one Filipino who was a designer and they decided they couldn't, they couldn't bonus everyone here and not give the Filipino, uh, or the Filipinas, I think, uh, the, <laughs> the, 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 the same bonus. And, uh, and so they, they gave her the bonus and she disappeared. <laughs> I could have guessed that. Yeah, and she bought a house, <laughs> and her kids' a house. Yeah, She's like, I'm rich. I don't. I don't know what it was. It was probably like eight thousand dollars or something. Like it was like a big bonus. But like here, it's like oh, nice. Yeah, you know, big bonus percentage of my salary. Not a huge percentage, but a percentage. Yeah. There, it's like, okay, uh, just doubled, doubled what I was making, tripled what I was making. <laughs> Thanks and I'm off. Yeah, and they just take. They'll, they'll take. They'll, they'll be gone for like six months. Three months a year. Yeah. Why? Why don't you explain what a uh, lottery white van speaker scam is? Oh yeah, for those who don't know, the, because like, I've heard of it before, but I didn't know it had like a, I don't know a how you haven't been approached a definitive name. And when I googled it, after it, it's happened to it's, me three times since then, the, and a fourth time being this today. afternoon yeah. on Black Friday. And I the wish you recorded it. It would have been great. Yeah, I got a picture of it. But uh, the license plate. But ba- basically, it, basically, it. it's, it's always two. It's <laughs> always two guys in a van that uh, they have fake speakers in in a box, and they have a usually like a pamphlet or a cutout, color cutout that shows that they're it's a legit looking advertisement speakers from some brand you've never heard of called Monitors is kind of what they used to do, and it's the same story. They picked up an order of ten speakers from the warehouse, and they got twelve. So they gotta they gotta unload these two before they get to the destination. They gotta do it quick, and they need cash. So or they want cash. Yeah, they the scam, you know, recommends that you target you know uh, young males between the ages of like twenty to thirty years old. Those are like the sweet spot. It's it's spelled out and it's fairly well known, but not enough that you know people aren't aren't scared to try it again. So I have fun with them these days. I kind of. Uh, 
<laughs> I, I gotta, I, I gotta think of a way to like lead them on the next time I get hit with them. Yeah, because it'll be like I don't know, driving around in circles or like trying to get them to like help me with the ATM or something like that. Just like something real odd, because they like they want cash. They'll they'll follow you yeah. to the ATM. I'll tell you off air what what I did. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get like, uh, like I think the next time I do is like I'll, I'll be like, well, I, I got some Bitcoin, but I don't have any cash on me. <laughs> Just see what they do. Yeah, we'll take that. Yeah. I bet you will. We yeah. have an address right here. I love it. it but what's funny is it, well, the, the what's, fans, funny, what's funny is you could, you could probably convince them that you paid them. Maybe oh, that, that might be true. Yeah, like you I don't. Could, you like, could do an RBF and they, they, they double spend RBF yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, what wallet are you using? Like, you find, like, I don't know. You, you, yeah, you just, you already have, you, you just find a way to get them to start. That yeah, that'd be hilarious. Yeah. Because, like, if you, like, my selling, for example, will show that, like, you're getting paid, but then if you, like, you knew how to, like, you know. Can you get them to move the, the speakers into the back of your car and then drive away? Yes. <laughs> 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 Has someone here done that? <laughs> By the way, if anyone's looking for some Black Friday deals, I got a pair in the trunk. <laughs> I love. I, what's funny to me, if you've ever, if you ever see uh, Stephen, Stephen, <laughs> where did that go, Sean? Um, they, they, they actually like they set up the speakers like a display. So they'll open it up, and they uh-huh. literally have one one set of speakers in the back, which should call into question their whole story about having twelve and that they're on their way to a destination. But you never like think of that. You kind of like your greed gets you, and so you sit there, and they have one speaker set, and it's like on display in like an array of boxes, and they show it to you, and they're like, "Look, here's a legitimate advertisement," and they open it up, and they show it to you, and it's like sealed, and it's just it's it's a great scam. Absolutely I remember. Wonderful. I remember thinking back when I opened the second box that it was just going to be a piece of plywood, but it was actually a second. You speaker. got real speakers. It was actually a second speaker, yeah, and they were my dorm room speakers for a couple of years, and, and, and they sounded great. They sounded. They sounded, they sounded good fine. Enough. Yeah. I mean, if you went back, you ever, you ever played like an old video game, and you're like, "Holy shit, how did I ever play yeah, this?" Yeah. I mean, I, that's probably what happened. Like, you're like, "What the fuck? I thought these were good." <laughs> I wonder if like all of the kids in my dorm that had nice speakers, they had those. That wouldn't surprise me. You ever, you ever met those people like, I spent $1,000 on my speakers? In Florida, wouldn't surprise me if they're all like white scams, white white van speaker scams. It's it's an amazing scam. I absolutely love it. You, you, were you saying that they came down from Philly originally or something like that? There's like a That's kind of where it originated from. And they would come down to places like Florida and, you know, have a route. But I've been approached at gas stations mostly. Yeah, that's where but, I uh, – uh, gas stations and once in a, in a Publix parking yeah. lot. I like the Best Buy, you know, Black Friday sales. That's good, great. That's a love good it. spot. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Yeah. I almost wanted to go out there and, and, and have them, like, try to get me. <laughs> well, they're, they're probably, I mean, it's... They're long gone. They're going to be here all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but this whole weekend is probably a... Uh... Well, yeah, but people aren't punching each other. It's it's not the same distraction, right? Uh, like, yeah. on, on Black Friday, like, Best Buy ain't, like, monitoring what's going on in their parking lot. So... Overstock has stuck their dick in Bitcoin in a way that is a little unexpected. Have you yeah. seen this? Yeah, they're probably oh my God. they're they're going to sell off their, their entire retail, retail business. business, and they're going to go all in on crypto. Bitcoin or crypto? Crypto. T zero. T zero. Yeah. They want to do like Raven the whole... coin. They're doing the the, the Bruce Fenton option. <laughs> well, 
Isn't it likely that like they know something about their retail business? No. You think like you think it's just completely like I think that Patrick Byrne, the CEO, has I think he's the Elon Musk of retail. He he's like an entrepreneurial guy. He's he's not looking at numbers in the way that like most CEOs look at numbers, mm-hmm. and he's just absolutely enamored with crypto. So he's lost interest in the retail business, and this is what happens when you have entrepreneurs running public companies rather than like real CEOs. I, I think that's that's the answer. I agree with that. Do you? Yeah, I see because I, I see it. So we're he, all in consensus because he well because he started it so. Because like, there's a big difference between the entrepreneur that starts a company and then the the, the this executive is why, this that is comes why, and actually runs it. This right? is why you don't have founders continue running a company after it goes public. You, you say that, but the stock shot up to 26. percent Yeah, I know. A surprising reaction, a little bit. Because especially might, given it might, the, it's such a, a stupid announcement. Like yeah. maybe they'll make some money. I don't know. Maybe it's short term prospects. I, I don't in, know. In a bear market too, why yeah. would you get like a big pop? I have a, no idea. I mean, think it about what that translates to into me. market cap for. I don't know what they are. Probably a few hundred million something, right? Do you think that like maybe everyone's trying to get exposure to Ravencoin, and that's why it went up? No, yeah, maybe. Bruce <laughs> Fettencoin. Is Patrick Byrne involved with Ravencoin too? Because of because of, uh, because the of Fenton. Bruce Fenton, yeah. As There's like he tweeted about there. it and said, "I like it," or he's I, putting I think they re- put out a whole resources. thing. I think they might have put in their Edgar's filing stuff about Ravencoin. Like it's it's okay. like they're they love Ravencoin. That's Fenton's happy, huh? I bet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is fat and happy. More there's, fat there's no than way happy. That, there's no way that works out. Just no shot. I, I can't imagine. I, I, no. I think that this is literally like Byrne giving up the golden goose, right? He's like, he's firing himself from overstock. I guess in a sense, my prediction about him getting fired is now coming true. He's just doing it to himself. They're going to spin off the retail business, which is nice. The retail business has a consistent profits. It's got predictable outcomes. They have Google rankings and all sorts of other things. It's a great buy for anybody who understands retail. Like they will, whoever wants to jump in there and innovate in the retail side, it'll do very well. It's it's probably a decent play for anybody who wants to compete with Amazon. Overstock's one of the only sites that's got a shot at that. They're one of the few remaining retail sites for products that. You could easily just get on Amazon. Well, they could also just turn it into a marketplace, right? Like right now, I don't think I don't know if Overstock is like a marketplace like Amazon, but it might be. I, I don't actually use it. I know Libertarians buy bedsheets there, but that's about all I've ever seen purchased mm. at Overstock. But I do think I do think that that Overstock has it's got an amazing domain, it's got huge brand name, and I think that they have uh, a lot of money coming in from the retail side. I, I can't believe a company would give up the Golden Goose like that unless he thinks it's going bankrupt, uh, I, which I don't. I can't imagine. Like, I don't think their liabilities would be so egregious it, that it, they would be... It's not that they're failing against Amazon or something. It's that it's completely him with his ideology saying, we're going to take this company into... I, I think that's what's going on. I mean, like, I, here's the thing. I think that there's going to be some... Very soon, there's going to be some uh, legal action against Amazon on the anti-competitive shit. Mm. I think that's coming down the pike. I think it's coming down for Facebook. It's coming down for everything else. The other thing is this. It could be that Patrick Byrne was going to be let go. He, he he got wind of it, and this could be the agreement he struck. So they're like he's like I'm all, I'm separating myself from the company, right? But you let me do life. this gracefully. I'm going to announce uh, that we'll spin off Overstock, and what they'll do is oh, here's here's why Overstock went up because they they announced it was going to be spin, spun off. So what happens in a spin off is they give you a percentage 
of uh, the new company, mm-hmm. and you get to keep the old company as well. And for God knows what reason, a lot of spinoffs tend to have a higher valuation after the spinoff than before. Well, there's certain CEOs when they depart, the stock will jump. Jump. Yeah. Yeah. So that could literally be what's going on here is everyone's trying to pre-buy on the next company. And actually, it could be like a a, a yay Burns leaving. That would make perfect sense to me, by the way. Well, he. Hmm. I remember reading a a release that uh, some Japanese bank gave the T funded like was it 1.5 billion dollars? Some huge amount. Yeah. Yeah, for the T zero. So, I mean. I could see overstocking a re- like if they're yeah. going to spin it off, it could be a great purchase. Then, like, not not to say that like I'm, I advocate like buying stocks, but that's probably what's going on. Is everyone saw the word spin off and they're like, okay, I'm going to get like for God knows what reason, we're going to get two companies here. We're going to get a percentage of overstock, which we have you know heavily we understand, and then we're going to get this weird other company which has like unknown risks, but it doesn't matter because I'm going to get it for like just a little more because overstock is the golden goose. I'm just surprised that. A cryptocurrency focused anything would you know be allowed to be public or would be what would, would result in a 25 percent boost in like that much of a move i, I would think it'd be like two percent at best Un- unless unless everyone's excited that he's leaving overstock like that, that's, got, that's, that's literally what's, that's gotta be what's going on here of it, yeah. yeah literally i think literally the reason that it was raising or it jumped in price had nothing to do with the announcement about the the crypto i think it had to do with the announcement that finally overstock was not going to be like saddled with this with this shitty burden and everyone knows that they're going to get extra they're going to get uh he's been the face of them overstock since, since day one too. correct yeah yeah and he's a crazy they're gonna. There's a lot of things that's gonna that are gonna be pulled out of Overstock. <laughs> no, I'm serious. The, the, no, did you know that Overstock has a a bunch of gold? You told me that. I think a bunch is in. A lot of their money is in gold. Yeah, they, they hold it in he, gold. He stepped They're, down from a cancer uh, scare for a couple of years I don't too, think right? I don't think he like emeritus or like CEO emeritus or something. I thought he stepped down and came back. I could be wrong. I, I don't know if he actually stepped down though. They are just the libertarian company. Like, yeah, they like he just embodies all of the, which is kind of funny for like it's it's such a crazy company. Like they're like they just sell like very basic items. Yeah, here we go. But, Overstock has ten million dollars of gold and silver stored at an offsite facility to pay employees in case there's a financial crisis. <laughs> That's so. Funny. They're the Fort Knox of public companies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've been saddled with it. Like like. They have $10 million in, in cash that is literally doing nothing in case of a financial crisis. Most companies, in case of a financial crisis, sell debt. Mm. Or not pay their employees. Right. Or just like, yeah. yeah. Sorry, it's a crisis. <laughs> it, it, like, it's funny to me because like, that, is, that is not in line with like, that, that, that is such a burden on a public company to just hold that money to do nothing. It's, it's obscene. It's funny. Ten million bucks. I mean, like, how long would that give them? I don't even know how much runway. Chick Fil A closes on Sundays, and they do they do all right. Yeah, it's because that amazes <laughs> me because all the, all the Christians want to go there because it's a Christian company, and you yeah. can't go there after church. Oh yeah, yeah. Th- that's always blowing my mind. I was like, that would be the best time for them. Mm. I, I want Chick Fil A on Sunday a lot. Everyone wants Chick Fil A. It's it, delicious. Yeah. I don't know what they put in there. Maybe a little Jesus salt. 
Whatever it is, it's it's incredible. And the customer service when you go is better than any it is three notches above anything. Anybody like who the says the second competitor is so far yeah. down on the list. Nobody understands, but this is what Christianity has brought the world. And I think this would, if I were like debating Hitchens or somebody else about like Christianity, I think Chick Fil A would be my greatest asset in terms of that argument. Do you think Christianity is bad? Maybe, maybe sure. We killed a lot of Muslims in the Crusades. Maybe all that's like terrible. But Chick Fil A. Because that's fucking amazing. Uh, speaking of debating atheists, I'm pretty sure Brett Weinstein debated Richard Dawkins and completely caught him off guard. He did. I didn't hear it yet. Yeah, I have to hear I that heard. too. Did you hear really? about this? No, yeah. I did not. So apparently uh, he used Dawkins' own argument against him as to why uh, he was saying basically that religion, it, like this, the idea of the meme. Which which Weinstein? Eric? The, the, the not hideous one. Brett. Brett. The, the, the one that actually... The, the Eric is hideous. He's the ugliest human on earth. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen? He looks like Shrek. <laughs> Br- Br- Brett's the one that was the professor that got caught up in that whole evergreen, the evergreen, evergreen one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so he was saying the idea of the meme is that like you you have this idea that sort of per, per you know uh, propagates uh-huh. in order to uh, to instrument survival, mm-hmm. right? And that uh, religion is a great example of that, and that if you know to, to advocate against it is to advocate against young Richard Dawkins' entire uh, philosophy. Uh, about the the whole meme because he, whole meme he coined idea. the term. Yeah. yeah, in the God Gene, I think in like nineteen eighty mm-hmm. nineteen seventy eight, something like that. Because if it's able to replicate like a meme like that, then there must be some value to it. Right, is there that, is value but, to religion, and here it is. It's in your own writings. Be, be, because what, because the argument wasn't about whether God exists or not. It's that <clears throat> Dawkins today argues that religion is extremely poisonous and bad. Yeah, and his younger version would. Like his younger, well, his younger argu- version, his younger argument would have been would have that, been that it's a meme. Yeah, <laughs> that the reason, like, it, it, because it's persisted for so long, it's it actually evolutionarily advantageous. Advantageous, yeah. which is like the idea that that's why every single society always has religion, whether it's animism, whatever it is. There's always some sort of religious tenet that that societies have developed and accepted. I, I gotta see the as somebody, as somebody that got into Dawkins when I was in college. I, I didn't. Think of I like that. I don't think most people have that's actually read Dawkins. That's the thing. Yeah, well, I think most people I like think, like him because they watch him debate, but they don't. They haven't read his books, or they just read the, they only read the God Delusion, which is right. my case. So I I can really did you read that? I read the yeah. Was I was the watching only, Hitchens but, debate today too. It's so sad that he died, but like I, I I do think it's interesting too that these guys persist in this like new new world. Because I'm watching the Hitchens arguments, and Hitchens is considered super offensive, but he's allowed to go anywhere he wants to debate, mm-hmm. and they allow him to say anything he wants. Yeah, yeah. He, he was my favorite of the four horsemen. I hate mm-hmm. his books. Well, they're very. Uh, he doesn't do a lot of like citation. It's a lot of like it's a lot. Of, it's just whiny. Like I read his books, and they're just whiny. So like he has this, um, this book on. Uh, the oh God, what's his name? The, the the Harvard professor who was State Department under Nixon. Oh, Kissinger. 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 He has a, hates he has a, Kissinger. He hates him. He has yeah. a whole book on Kissinger's war crimes, and the whole book is like a li- like a, a, you know, like we're gonna we're gonna get to them. We're gonna get to them, and then he lists out like these things that Kissinger is like tangentially related to, and then and then the book concludes like, and that's why Kissinger's a war criminal. Done. And you're like, why? 
like we haven't gotten anywhere yet. Like it, it didn't even start. He doesn't really make the case, and that's like that's been my experience with every Hitchens book. Is that every Hitchens book he starts out, he like edges, he gets he like gets going, and and just as he's about to go, just about as he's about to explode, he just the book is done. Mm. And they're all whiny. They're just like it's it's you know Mother Teresa is a criminal. Here's all the reasons she's a criminal. No evidence, just kind of like conjecture. And then all of a sudden, bam, done. That's why she's a criminal. The popularity of the Four Horsemen and like guys like Hitchens was yeah. at a time when it, it, it seemed like they were arguing against a society that was predominantly religious. Yeah, and embraced a lot of these bad religious like concepts like you know corrupt republicans that are overly conservative or something all of that stuff yeah. but then within a very short period of time within the last decade or so it feels like it's more that you have a lack of religion in a lot of like 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 the entire backdrop for what is a problem or what is kind of the um the the, the very negative thought that's permeating well like, i think current culture has changed and kind of flipped where now people are kind of coming back to religion as Maybe 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 it's kind of bullshit, but like maybe there is some really good. Utility I think more here. than that. I think what's astounding is to like look at the modern era of censorship and how people don't like they're too sensitive to listen to people speak, mm-hmm. and then to look at who the preservers of discussion were, and Christians have always been the ones to invite counter ideas and to do the debates in public, which is weird to me, because I think that the conclusion of all of those debates is that you have a Christian arguing like epistemology and ontology and all of these like big words that nobody actually knows. And you walk away from the debate and no one has any idea what the Christian said. And Hitchens sounded very reasonable and probably was, and in fact is far more reasonable than like William Lane Craig, mm-hmm. right? But then like in, in retrospect, when you look at it, you're like, well, yeah, that's still true today. Hitchens was the more reasonable one of those two. But today's world doesn't even allow for that debate. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because, like, it seems like there's the possibility that Christians were the ones ask, allowing people to challenge their ideas, even though they weren't changing their ideas. Which blows my mind because that's not what I thought was happening. Yeah, at least then. Well, yeah, I mean, Hitch, Hitch's stance on Muslims would be a big problem today. I think it was then too, though. It just wasn't. It just wasn't as like it, it wasn't viewed with like the sort of racism veneer. You're right. Yeah, people hated it then. Like they were, like people would call him out all the time. Um, there's, there's an amazing. I remember someone challenged him on like the genocide in Darfur. And uh, it was most deaf on. Uh, is that it was most deaf on Bill Maher's show? Was it, it, it was oh, the it, rapper? Right? It, 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 it might have been. And then and yeah, the a couple scotches like, in they're, them. They're yeah. already dead. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you yeah. worried about them? They're already dead. It was like very. It was very like unequivocal mm. and uh, and highly like charged and offensive. It was very funny. But like what I what I think is interesting is the fact that he seems he's the Christians seem to have been the ones to have preserved the integrity of the debate. Well, Catholics, if they're going to nominate a saint, they have a devil's advocate. And actually, Hitchens was the devil's advocate I for think, Mother Teresa. For Mother Teresa, yeah. right? Yeah, which is inviting the opposite opinion. Right. I mean, that's yeah. The example. church hasn't always been great at that, though. Well, like. <laughs> Like with Galileo. Galileo, yeah. But yeah, but, there's, there's there's a lot of... I mean, like, I, I think... Hitch, the thing about Hitchens, and I think the Four Horsemen generally, was that they were really well-read. And it was always interesting, because, like, you know, you, you hear him debate... I, he, Hitchens was obsessed with circumcision. Very anti-it. Yeah. 
Gen- general mutilation. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He would call genital mutilation. He would. He would like reference Mimenides, whatever it is, mm-hmm. the uh, ancient Jew- Jewish historian, uh, who I, I think said that the reason they do it is for the purpose of like you know decreasing sexual pleasure. My mommy, my my nam, my monodies, or <laughs> 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 made it worse. <laughs> but it's like ma'am and nodies. Like that's how it's like spelled. Yeah, that, that circumcision one's a weird one. That's always a weird argument to me because it's like I, I see his point. I mean, like it, it's just my mom, my monodies. Yeah. I don't. Why can't I say that? My mon, my monodies. But like, yeah, it, I think this. I mean, he has a point. It's it, it is more dangerous, I think, nowadays. Uh, for a lot of people to get circumcised and to not, but you know, we do it for aesthetics. Isn't it, isn't it a health risk also? It was. I think it's less so now in America. So, like in the modern, we got like sense. running, we got like running showers and shit. So, like in pre, <laughs> like in historical context, it made more sense because of. Well, I don't know a lot. Of, of, I don't know I don't, a lot of, of dick facts, but like, I mean, but I think that nowadays it's basically taken care of. Yeah. So as long like, as you're hygienic. Right. You know, we don't have to worry about, like, getting water from the well six miles away anymore. Mm. And we bathe once a day. Some of us so, do. Some of us do. Not John said. Um, but, yeah, I guess in the modern sense, it's like, why? Yeah, I, I don't know. Do I don't know. But, like, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, is, it is astounding to me that that was kind of the, the bent. But where were we in, on overstock? Oh, they're... Uh, How do we get there? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That, that was a tangent. Yeah, we... <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to listen to that later and figure out how we'd, like, make that leap. <laughs> Patrick Burns, circumcision. Yeah. He does look a little bit like an uncircumcised penis. Um, no, he doesn't. Isn't that called the, the prepus? Prebus? I don't know. I'm pretty sure. Reince Priebus. Priebus. Yeah. Um, but, like, uh, yeah, the, the overstock thing is, is amazing. And I, I, I am curious as to what's going to happen because I bet you yeah, the before, crypto business goes back to, like, where it is now. I bet it, I bet it sinks the day that they split. Prebus is for, uh, another term for force. Prebus. Prebus. Okay. There we go. Learn something new every day. See? How about that? Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah. So, so, so now overstock or... Patrick Byrne running this stuff. Where, where do you think it's going? Or where, well, I think he's. There? I think. I think what happened. I have a couple ideas. I think either my first one is true, where he's an entrepreneur and he's running full steam ahead on the crypto shit. Yeah. Which I think is already what he's done, right? And he's sort of formalizing it with this annou- announcement. Or the board said to him, like, "We are going to let you go." And what he did is negotiate like a graceful exit this way. That's interesting. I like your theory of him going where his interests are and, and you know, trying to launch a competitor exchange to NASDAQ and yeah. settling. Do you trust things. him to do that? Because I do not. I don't think he knows anything about Wall Street. No, but I don't know how many companies you would have to attract to, in order to, to make it enough. I mean, it might. I mean, if you got thirty companies to list on there, that might be enough. It might be more legit than that Jamaican exchange. Yeah, the, the bar, the, the, the bar to beat is is pretty pretty low, I think. But that's not really a competitor to Nasdaq. It's I don't even like know what he should. Yeah, I was just I, I was just throwing that out there. I, mean, I think that all I think that what he's going to find the, out is the only yeah. thing he's going to do with this overstock play is to make pink sheets easier to buy on like something that looks less like an over the counter or obsolete them. 
Yeah, you know? he might obsolete yeah. pink sheets. Yeah, but that's not what he meant to do. Nor is that his interest. Which he may attract a bunch of like. Oh, every Florida scam. Every Florida company in. is yeah. going to be on that exchange. The thing is that we have like a lot of laws surrounding pink sheets, right? So we know how to manage and regulate pink sheets. It's not hard. You let you, the pink sheets are easy. We know what to do. We know exactly where the liability lies. If somebody does something scammy, we know who to charge with the crime. It's not usually the exchanges or the brokers, unless the brokers are doing some weird things to get people into them. The laws are such that you just target the people that are trying to... Right, and I, I think all he's going to do is end up competing with the pink sheets. And he's going to call it crypto. It's probably not, mm. but that's all he'll do. Which is weird, because, I mean, it'd be weird to have a public company that is listed on the NASDAQ that is competing on company for, for business for companies that can't be listed. Well, now you have an index of pink shade companies. That's that's what would basically be going on. <laughs> I thought I remembered like a, a list of somewhat notable companies that were considering listing on there or something. I hope not. That might be like the, the, the Ripple announcements too. <laughs> it seems eerily similar. Yeah, like, ah, oh, look at that. Uh, Kod- maybe Kodak. Kodak. Weren't they going to do T zero? I think that was a T zero play. They got they got in trouble. There was a news that they got to pay back some money. Really? They, yeah. I don't think they actually ever did the thing. Yeah. Well, they owe someone. That group owes someone a half a mil. I thought. I love that. They're you know they're basically like a silver company now. Yeah. You, I didn't know that. But yeah. They, yeah they, they're basically a silver company now. I saw. I forget where I was at. It looked like they were making clothing. I, I thought I saw Kodak brand clothing at a at a place, and they're I was wondering like, if they pivoted to like. You I think know, they're probably like renting out their name. Well, that rapper Kodak Black is pretty hot right now. Oh, that's now, true so, too. Yeah, you know, there's some value. <laughs> this is probably to him. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was hey, wondering Kodak if Black, they rebranded we won't sue to you yeah. if you uh, <laughs> if, if you pay us. I mean, it's a great idea. It Should really be is. Stuff out like that. That's for what free. I'm saying. Like, yeah, just like, hey, Kodak. Like, you got to talk more about Kodak pictures. You know what's funny? I was on the beach the other day and I saw somebody with one of those Kodak cameras. Uh, you know, the thing that Kodak made famous, the instant camera, mm-hmm. the Polaroids. Polaroids. Yeah. And uh, apparently, I think it was Samsung bought the Polaroid name is now making like Polaroid cameras. I bought one for my parents uh, about four years ago, and they were just we were just talking about it the other day. They never use it because the the film is so expensive. Yeah, <laughs> they they they. I think we used it the day we got it, but yeah, it prints out a very very poor quality photo. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah, it's like Instagram. We we have that now. It's yeah, it's so bad compared to the high definition picture you can get on your phone that you can easily share. And well, and and with again Instagram, you can make the the picture worse if that's really what you're looking for. Like you were, the people were with Polaroids. But I met two people. They work apparently for the ACLU, and uh, they they had a Polaroid camera, and I was utterly surprised because I thought that was like, I thought that was Kodak. No. It was Polaroid? Is, yeah. is that a different... I think so. I thought Polaroid was Kodak. or No, of course not. It was Polaroid. Um, but, like, yeah, Polaroid they, uh, apparently is still being made, which blew my mind. And they've, they've really, like, hit on, like, the, the uh, like, sort of uh, fucking hipster group. Hmm. I, think, I think those hipsters, I think it sits on the shelf. I think they use it twice. I think you're right. They, they go and on eight, they buy it for a vacation. The, the, the film is like seventeen bucks a pack. Yeah, they so can't it's afford like, it. Yeah, hell no. After you after <laughs> you use up what comes with it, this apartment in Williamsburg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once you use the the pack that comes with it, you're done. Yeah, that makes sense. Those are expensive cameras for that. Yeah. I, I really thought that they were dead. I didn't think that you could get them anymore. But yeah, they they still have it. Uh, I type. I'm looking at on their site right now. They, I mean, they they made them look more janky than they used to. 
I think they intentionally went for that hipster appeal, nostalgic look. Yeah, yeah. Mm. it's that's amazing to me. But yeah, like uh, I think I'm also surprised that it doesn't like post to Instagram. I would think that's what they would do. Like that would be smart, right? Take a picture. Yeah. My post parents they love the gift. They never use it. So it's really a weird thing. Yeah, they, it's like, a they like it, but it's like too nice to use. I guess they were too nice. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. It's like too. I don't know. But. It, it, it is funny though. Like who wants film? Well, especially it's nice how it appears. Well. You know how it like it's a white. You know you can watch the the image of, you know show up. That it's was kind of cool. But 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 the image itself is lower quality. Did you ever have a grandpa who would like show you slideshows? Yeah, kind of. I've seen those. Do you remember? That? Like my my grandpa would like make us all sit downstairs and would show us like, slideshows of Japan. Like, and, like tell us about his life as he was doing it. Like bombing Japan. Uh, well, he went, he went in right after the occupation. So, like, oh, okay. he had, like, pictures of, like, melted, like, roof tiles and stuff like that. That's kind of cool. It right? was cool, cool but, yeah. like, but he, yeah, he would make us watch his slideshows. I, I remember seeing old film when my, like, before my dad was born and when he was, like, a little kid. Like, old, old film sets. Like, no audio. Like, just kind of, like. Really? Like, yeah. A bunch of Jews in New York, like, <laughs> hanging out. Interesting. I don't know. I kind of, like, now, now, I, now I think about it, I want to, like, find that and see, watch it again. I don't know. So right. when you're a little kid, like you watch that, like you don't care. But then when you're older, right. you're like, oh, that's actually kind of interesting. So backed, backed is like a weird ETF thing that's going to launch. What is it exactly? It's, I don't think it's an ETF. It's, it, it's, it's not an ex- technically it's an, an ETF, it's an exchange. obviously. So it's, it's, it's a full-on exchange? That's what I believe, yes. Like a competitor to Coinbase? Yes. Okay. Uh, okay, because so many people are excited about it, mm-hmm. and they see it as like this promising venture and I, I, yeah, I couldn't figure out exactly like what it is. I heard something like physical Inst- institutional Coinbase. Is that really what it? Is it Coinbase it, institutional Coinbase? No, Coinbase is a little mom and pop shop. So, so, so backed is supposed to be like if you're a bank, you can use us. Well, the parent company ICE owning the New York Stock Exchange is kind of the scale that we're talking about. It's big, big league, big leagues, big league funding. So. That's the idea behind it, I think. I see. So is it? It's not for selling Bitcoin to the retail investor necessarily. It's more like institutional money might go through them to buy Bitcoin. Is that? It's for HFT. I think it'll allow probably like the the world of like discount brokers to carry it and you know s- you know source it through them as a source of liquidity. Maybe is kind of how I would see it working. Interesting. Yeah. They're really like defensive about the fact that they're going to use Bitcoin first, which is very funny to me. Like they released yeah, the thing like, why Bitcoin first? Well, because I think they, you know, the perceived benefit of you know them coming into the space. I think a lot of other coins would like to be included, but I, I agree with their rationale and their reasoning. Right, but asking but why not. Bitcoin first presumes that they're going to be selling other coins, right? Like that's essentially the admission. Their stance from what I've seen looks like they're just doing Bitcoin. I think they've actually said something to the effect of nothing else for the foreseeable future. So um, I th- I think the delay of them pushing it from this year to, to next year was pretty uh, was a pretty big uh hit i think i think a lot of people are counting on that to be a catalyst so. yeah i mean they i mean i, I bet I, I i bet it's regulatory that would it, make a lot of sense to the, me the the announced launch date i thought was very ambitious because yeah. i mean it was not 60 days ago or right like 90 days ago maybe 
I can't believe I've, they missed the boom. I would have thought that this kind of thing would have been like announced, you know, last year around this time or like even before that. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't think it moves that fast. I, I can't even believe it's happening to the point where I almost don't think it will, just because it almost seems too good to be true. Really? That, yeah. Do you think this is a big deal? Like, will institutional investors come in here like this? From a credibility standpoint, yes. But, I mean, mm-hmm. it will remove all doubt if they start doing volume and, you know, like, I, I, I haven't been tracking lately what the CME and the CBOE volumes are, but I know they were going up every month and there's been no major issue. And was, they've announced a few, like, products even that they're going to be, like, launching for institutional holding of Bitcoin and such. Yeah. So, I mean, like, to me... The, the question, the question to me is always like, if you're an ETF or uh, like, let's say you're a hedge fund and you're holding Bitcoin, like where the fuck is the Bitcoin? On a Trezor. Right. That's yeah. exactly. I agree. It's on a Trezor in somebody's like well, dresser drawer. Th- well, a couple of those podcasts with Casa Hodel that I listened to um, on the Merkle Report, they talked about using multi-device cold storage and you know some approaches that I hadn't considered that. I would hope they're using some something similar to that, if not exactly that. But so you got, okay, so you have a multi sig, yeah. But like still, like it's 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 still janky. Like it's still reliant. Sure. I mean, like if it, it's it's not it's not hard to carry out an attack and like take those coins. Like you know, you have three people who are known who are carrying a private key. Well, there's another article talked about the amount of insurance that that these exchanges have, a particular Coinbase, and we talked about this about a month ago, where I didn't think that. They had their cold storage insured, right. just their hot wallet. And right. I think that matches up with the level of insurance that they have. So That blows my mind. Yeah. I wonder I wonder what's going to happen here with the insurance on Bitcoin. Because like at the moment, I think that it's super underinsured and underinsurable. I, I don't think you're going to have an issue with insured Bitcoins. Like, I'm, I'm sure it will happen, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I... I think they'll be all right. I, I, I don't think – I think it'll be a lot safer than than at least – I mean, not that there's a high bar to beat than the way the exchanges deal with it right sure. now. Well, I, you, think, I think you're right. I think yeah. you, can, you will be able to insure Bitcoins. I don't think that's the problem. I'm just saying like right now I think that they're very underinsured uh, compared to like where the ecosystem is. And I, I mean like I think it's a little weird. Like you have you have the possibility of chain failure, right? Like if the whole project goes up in arms, like up in kaput. Yeah. Like – don't you want to insure against that? I, I think that's a, a fairly egregious possibility still. Is it worth insuring given how much it would cost? I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. I don't think what are insurance what are insurance companies gonna charge for it? I mean they're gonna err much on the side of caution. I would imagine. So I think it would be prohibitively expensive if I had to guess. At, at this stage, I the, guess. the problem with insurance is is it eventually does uh, allow like insurance is like I don't know what would you call it a shorting market for the possibility that people begin attacking chains. If you can insure coins and attack the chain, like that, that's a different world. I think insurance against theft or loss of value. I would think you'd have to insure all yeah. aspects of it, like loss of value. I mean, like you couldn't not not like a dip in the price. Yeah, but like like what is theft? What is a double spend if not theft? It's like you're an exchange; you could double dip. You could you wouldn't you wouldn't really even be at risk if someone double spent like shittier coins. As long as you're in compliance with like the insurance contracts. So to to me that seems like a high like a very scary world where like the, the offering insurance maybe against bitcoins fine, but I wonder what happens if they offer insurance against like all these other coins or many of the other coins. 
Well, right or wrong, people are stepping up and ensuring it, and, right. and more to follow. Uh, un- unless we start hearing of some disaster stories, uh, I think uh, at least they think they know what they're doing at this point, where they're pretty safe. Did you see the the vase price prediction stuff this week? Kind it, of. it made me laugh my ass off. So. <laughs> He put a target number for he what did. he thought Bitcoin was going to go down to, and he and did his first. He did his first short sell. He he did his first purchase this year. Uh huh. His first trade. His first trade, and uh, and then he got liquidated after it spiked. After it spiked, <laughs> and then now everyone's saying that Tone Vase is correct. That's so funny. Uh huh. Well, he also got his account <laughs> shut down. He did. He's like he's like failing. And people are like, oh, he's right. Yeah. Versus like before when they were like, oh, Tone Vase is wrong. And he well, was like, over what time period is Tone Vase talking about? Because yeah. it wasn't over the time period of his trade. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the, the astrologer that predicts a meteor is going to hit. And, it, like, and then it hits. House. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or a meteor lands on his house. Not yeah. it necessarily. But yeah, that's, that's right. correct. <laughs> I love it. I like, like, okay, guys, I'm so confident in my prediction. I'm going to make a trade. Finally, <laughs> liquidated. Price drops. <laughs> also, why did it drop? Because I don't think he had any reason to like predict this. He it would... could be it, it could be the Bcash stuff. It could be something else. I wouldn't be surprised if George Soros is uh, controlling <laughs> all of the prices and uh, and and is watching Tone Vase. On a nightly basis and just making it do whatever he's predicting. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimate troll. I really like that. It's, just, it's fucking hilarious. I honestly wouldn't be surprised though, if people are watching Tone Vase and like people with like large liquidity were pushing things in a you know, slightly Tone Vase-ish direction to get more people in. That would surprise me. Would it? Yeah. It's a great conspiracy. I really like it. This is a crazy conspiracy. It's so great, dude. I, I really want that to be the case. But like... I want someone to admit that like 20 years from now. Like, yeah, I was controlling all the Bitcoin prices back then. Yeah. <laughs> They're all falling in unison. Although I have noticed a little but bit that's of... that's always... It is. I've noticed a little bit of a departure now. Like, it seems like some of the shit coins are falling more than Bitcoin right now. And it's been consistent. I'm like watching them fall. And they've continued to fall more and more. I love it. It's great. Do you? I mean... Uh, I don't know. It just... So many people leave or feels like they're leaving and like, you know, I mean, we always, what? we always like cheaper, bigger. we always like, you know, what's funny to me is in, in this price fall, Bitcoin. Bitcoin is increasing its market dominance. Like it's at like around 54% right now. Huh? I, I never know if to take those numbers and like think that they may have some significance. Like, I, I don't know. Like, is that, is that significant? Like, is Who there knows? anything there? I mean, it's kind of interesting to watch because you can kind of see. I don't think it is. I, I, I mean, once you, if you're including Ripple, all and, the shit coins, and Tether, does Tether get included in that? Yeah. Then how, I mean, Tether's going to be number one on coin market cap soon, or like number three or something. And and the fact that they issue sixty four quadrillion units to you know to, that's a kind of a weird game to provide market cap. It, I don't know. Yeah. Well, also the shit coins. Like, why do you give a coin with like a thousand dollars in trade volume any credence? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's a little bit of a, a stupid number. That's I mean that's true, but it is it is astounding. Like you know, given that it's at least a metric that we can kind of look at consistently, and even those shit coins, like they're just blips on this radar anyways. So like you, you kind of write them off, and you can look at like the top ten even. 
Bitcoin's dominating. It's it's growing in market dominance. I do. I mean, I wonder how long these shit coins have before they just kind of disappear. And I don't know that they'll disappear chain wise. I think I used to think that like things would explode, mm-hmm. like there'd be a supernova explosion kind of thing. Ethereum would just tank. Everyone would like lose all their money. You know, whatever. I wouldn't be surprised if they just kind of get relegated to irrelevancy just over time, stop getting talked about, and they just kind of disappear. Because that's what happened to BitShares. Remember when BitShares was going to be the new Bitcoin? Mm-hmm. When do you, like who talks about it anymore? Is it even? Is it even? It's somewhere on the top. It's somewhere. It has to be somewhere on the front, uh, like the top 100 of coin market cap. Let's look. Because Let's I could have sworn. 39th. 39th. And I, I remember a day when, like, there, like Daniel Larimer was up on stage talking about how the top 10 coins, only, you know, only two of them, I think it was, like, Bitcoin and Monero at the time, or Bitcoin and Litecoin, maybe, only two of them were proof-of-work coins. So that's evidence of, you know, proof of, uh, uh, what, what, what do they have? The proof of stake, or proof of stake yeah. is, the, is, is, like, better than proof-of-work. Mm. But it's not. Like, it, yeah. like if that's if that's the evidence, it doesn't seem to be the case well, it's a today. Terrible thing of evidence. Plus, all those bitchers people, they don't give a fuck what bitchers is doing because they all moved over to the their Dan Lambert's next project. Right. I think so, a lot of people would kill to be thirty ninth. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you have here? You have like a Bitcoin proof of work, Ethereum currently proof of work, uh, Bitcoin Cash proof of work, EOS. It's got. Is that proof of work? It's got to be right. No, it's the, the, the pyramids. The, the, is that the pyramid the, one? They're the staking. Uh, I'm pretty sure yeah, that, that's a, that, that's so like a, a stake one. Yeah, uh, you have Litecoin proof of work, Tether, which is just Bitcoin. That doesn't count. Cardano, is that stake? It, it's it's stake or work. It probably is stake. It's probably stake. Um, Monero, which is work, and then Tron. Tron's eleventh. We'll we'll count that because Tether's on the top ten. I don't know what Tron is. I thought I, I thought like when I first looked at Tron, I was like, that's a that's just a blatant Chinese scam. Yeah, and I think it is. <laughs> I mean, it is, but like. And then, and then on the other side, you have like Stellar and XRP. So you have like what five proof of work and four, two of which are proof of stake, two of which are. So you're measuring how many are proof of stake? Apparently, I'm just saying, like it was just, like, like that was Larimer's claim a couple years ago, and now like the top ten are a mix, yeah. and and Bitcoin is still like number one by a long shot, and and the the project that Larimer was telling everyone is going to take Bitcoin over is way down the list at 39th. Yeah. You're right, though. You'd be very rich if you had the 39th biggest coin. Yeah, and L- Larimer's pockets, prob- his bank account's probably grown Guaranteed. Quite, quite tremendously, so it's worked out for him. Yeah, it has. It's a little sad. Makes you feel like a real asshole, doesn't it? Not being like a multi-billionaire right now. You could have, like, started a scam years ago, Sean. You could have been the poster child. Mm-hmm. could have been Liftcoin. Yeah. Throwing out proof of lift, proof of lift. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. But like, you never, you never know. You, you get in a whole world of, uh, of like other shit going on. Yeah. Like you know. But so I think this will be the last story. Um, but like Gab's payment processor uh, shut them down, and now they're having trouble apparently finding banks. So the censorship stuff for me is a big deal and Gab matters because like Gab is in the Bitcoin space. So like I think it's actually a, a kind of interesting uh, story to talk about. But they you know they they've now turned they're they're looking at implementing BTC pay server mm-hmm. which will be interesting. Well they don't want to they don't they don't want to go with like a bit they can't really go with a they did well they, they, they announced BitPay originally a, and then everybody was like no oh, BitPay is the enemy of Bitcoin. Well they're like why are why are we going to go with like the centralized service? Yeah. And BitPay 
their payment interface sucks because they use BIP70. Yeah. And it's just not... Well, Bitcoin today announced that they were they were making price predictions in 2019 of 15,000 to 20,000 of Bitcoin, which I thought they were all in the BCH train. What happened to the Bcash stuff with them? They probably mean they're probably they're probably trying B-cash? to co-opt the name. I'll bet. Yeah, yeah that's probably, probably what's going that's on. That's what we meant. We meant BC- Bcash, BCH. bro. It is Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah, could very well be. But like the Gab thing. The, uh, you think you're gonna see, we're going to see a rise? Like if the censorship stuff it goes up, I like don't know. It's going to be like a really there's some there's some shit going on. Like Gab just Gab just took off a white supremacist off their network. They kicked one off yesterday. Really? Yeah, or two days ago. Okay. And I mean, it's a little weird because like they're supposed to be the like censorshipless network, um, but they they took him off because he quote unquote violated their you know terms of service. Oh, with the same reason that they've that, it's, that it's a little it's Facebook a little weird and disingenuous, and it signals to me that like you can't it, it might just be impossible to run a free speech platform well, unless did, you're Kim dot com. Did, didn't Silk Road ban certain things too? Yeah, isn't that kind of the same thing? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Are we just is is this just companies doing normal things? Yeah, I mean, in some ways, I mean, like here, here's the thing though. Like, yeah, Silk Road banned stuff. I think the difference was that Silk Road had like sort of a guiding philosophy. I don't think they claimed to be the like network for everything. They also didn't want to draw the ire of law enforcement to a certain degree on on certain things. Well, well I think the experiment of Silk Road is also can we self regulate, right? Um, whereas Gab is like we have regulation, so we don't need to self regulate. We can you know let regulation take care of like people that do bad things on our network. Like, if somebody does something, uses their network to announce a murder, then, you know, they can go to jail and, and they can use this as evidence, right? Yeah. That, that seemed to me to be kind of the pitch of gab. But, like, removing people who are – who have views that are extremely fringe, um, I mean, that's that seems to me to be where the sort of start of the slippery slope is. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that, like, I would support – People, I mean, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't support anybody who is uh, who has extremely fringe views that uh, that decry races because of race. I think it's evil. Yeah. But I do think I, I, you know, I spent a little bit of time listening to like one of the podcasts yesterday by the guy that they kicked off. He's a, he's a crazy racist, utterly racist. Mm. You're not going to change that guy's opinion. But you know what? Like the fact that he he went first of all, he went on YouTube. And, and did a live stream there. So, you know, that's interesting that he's on YouTube. But the fact is that, like, I don't think most people listening to that are, like, listening and thinking, like, boy, I should become a white supremacist. I think a majority of people listen and they think, oh, that's that's what that is? Oh, that's fucking retarded. Mm. But it's a slippery slope because if you eliminate people from the fringes, now you have new people on the fringe. Well, you have people interested in it and fi- trying to find out why it's it's bad, and you have no you have no place to discuss the idea anymore. So, like, you can't actually sanitize the idea. The idea stands for itself. So, like, he's going to say some things that are interesting and convincing, and, and not even bad ideas, right? He's gonna he's gonna tell you that he like you enjoys toast. He like they have a whole segment on there on why you should work out, right? All good advice. Mm-hmm. So is Gab weak right now? Are they fighting for their life? Are they trying to get shut down? Is that where they're at? I don't know. I think that they're fighting for their life. I don't think they're trying to get shut down. I think they're fighting for their life financially. And yeah. I think this, like, Kim.com announced today that he was going to start a competitor to Twitter. Yeah. To me, I mean, Gab, Gab has done a terrible job of building an interface that makes any sense. If you've ever used it, it is 
the worst. It errors out every time you tweet. The other day I tried using it. I tweeted something out um, or gabbed something out. I don't know what you call it on gab, but I tweeted something out on gab and it like aired out, didn't work. So I sent it again, yeah. aired out, didn't work, sent it again, it worked. And I, I went onto my profile and found out that I'd posted three times. So like, it's, it's just a mm. shit interface. So I, I mean, like it's, it's a little weird because they're not putting any time into like making it good. Especially since Twitter like was pretty open, I think, about their early issues with scaling that platform. Yeah, a lot of those remember the, the fail problems. Whale? Kind of. What was that? T- Twitter had a four hundred four page. Every time the servers would fail, they'd give yeah. you the fail whale. Well, they had to. They had to figure out how to like, uh, just like for example, the big celebrities when they would tweet out, it would be like they'd have to like adjust. Like it was those events that were the hardest problems to solve, I think, or something related to that, and they have to like. Do a lot of um, just a lot of uh, like you know networking level improvements to handle that. Well, I remember the, the debates because like they were they were programmed at least their back end in Ruby. Was the front end at the time also in Ruby? I think it was. Mm, well, the front end would have been. That's not really what that. Like the front end would have just been. They were just wasn't JavaScript HTML CSS, but like they were. They, they they started with Rails and then they moved to Scala. I think right for most of it, but it's probably. Distributed across a few different technologies, but yeah, oh, they, sure. they, they were they it's were huge. like but okay. So that's a good example of a company that really had issues with like scaling Rails and talked about it, and like a lot of the Rails community looked at them as like well, you know how big does Rails get? And then I forget exactly the details, but they uh, they, they they moved out of Rails, right? And Scala, I think I think, I think Rails is still their back end though. They probably still use it in a certain extent, but now they're basically using the the JVM. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I, I'm I'm curious as to like what's going to happen here because Kim.com is a little bit relentless. Then again, he's had a lot of ideas in the last few years that just have never panned out. He, this he, is, he hasn't done shit because this is a different project than whatever he like previewed like a year and a half. Or two right, years he was ago, saying right? that he was going to do something Bitcoin related and yeah. then just never did. Yeah, and now he's like talking about a Twitter com- competitor, which I, I like Kim. I, I think that like. He's one of the few people I could see actually developing a Twitter competitor and not giving a fuck about the, like... I mean, he knows how to build server environments. That guy, the mega upload shit that he did, I mean, that was remarkable. You want to talk about scaling? I feel like that was like a one-man operation, and he figured it out. Made so much fucking money. Mm. So you you think he might be a strong person to build something? I just think that he'd be willing to say fuck you to everybody and, like, build something that was completely censorshipless. Mm-hmm. Because you don't give a fuck. I mean, I think the the, the uh, what you do end up there with with there is a risk of it's a, it's uh, it's what I think bankers call Kim dot com risk, and uh, and it's where the FBI shows up at your house and takes all of your information servers and shuts down all of your your businesses. So I think you do have Kim dot com risk if he develops a Twitter, which Twitter doesn't have, doesn't have Jack Dorsey risk. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I I do think that he would at least probably be able to build a service. Uh, that people would get on for a while. I mean, mm. Mega Upload was like the fourth biggest site in the world for a while. Something like that. It was huge. Hmm. Huge. Yeah. It was it had a really big reach. You said something earlier about uh, a lot of these tech companies like Amazon, Facebook, being hit with antitrust suits. Yeah, I, I think that that's coming down the pike. Okay. It well, has to. I don't think that you can continue to like let these companies get as big as they are without having antitrust suits start to creep up here. I saw Especially some... with the way they're behaving towards competitors. Mm. 
Because I even saw something about them. Like, one of the companies hired somebody that had a specialization in antitrust Yeah, laws. I think Facebook did. Like, they're getting ready for something. Yeah, I, I, think, that, I think that has to be the case. I think uh, a lot of this, a lot of the market downfall recently has been tech stocks. Oh, you mean, like, the, the recent yeah. down? Yeah, one term. trillion in thing. Yeah. Is it, has it been significant enough? Significant like, as fuck. It's huge. Like... Because I, I I I hear I hear things and I I go and I just look at the S and P and see where and I see it's down a little bit, but I'm like, well, I don't know what I don't really know. Like, well, look at QQQQ. <laughs> what do they call it? The four Qs. Mm-hmm. What is that? It's like it's it's uh, is it Nasdaq's sort of index? The index, yeah. yeah. And it's it's tech weighted. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's like a tech index. Yeah, well, because Nasdaq has more it has more tech stocks on it. So yeah, it's it's just more tech weighted. Nvidia has been a big decliner. And it was actually cited in, what was it, Bloomberg as uh, Bitcoin mining is the reason why. Yeah. Did you see uh, Peter Peter Todd's tweet on that? Yeah, he corrected them pretty yeah, good. I like that. Oh, he said, because uh, Bitcoin isn't mined by, you don't use GPUs to mine Bitcoin. Correct. Yeah. So I'm just looking, I'm looking at QQQQ. Um, it's, I mean, it's down quite a bit. Like the, the tech stocks are way down, and I, I like I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of it is the risk that's perceived and like the possibility of antitrust suits coming down the pike. They're also the hottest performing stocks of the last six seven years Fuck too. Yeah. So you know the there idea be, the, the idea of something. them cooling off a little bit is not. Uh, also, none of them are making profits for the most part, which still blows my mind. Really? Yeah, like Twitter. I don't think that's got. I don't think that's profitable yet. Well, their, their stock represents that they haven't yeah. been one of the high flyers at all. But they were for a while, weren't they? I don't no? think so. Yeah, but Twitter doesn't seem like the one of the first ones to get TWTR here. It I'm seems more like now. it seems more like Facebook and Amazon, right? Maybe right. Like, because doesn't Trump have a thing out for Amazon? Yeah, I mean, Trump's got a, a thing for like a lot of these tech tech companies, and then Facebook is more like prevalent as like uh, uh, an influencer and. It looks like Twitter's profitable, weirdly. But that's probably recent. Yeah, it must be. They have a 2307 PE. Physical ed. Physical ed. (laughs) Price to earnings ratio. (laughs) Interesting. Huh. Interesting financials. That's going to be interesting if they they come in and... But it's just weird with these tech companies because, like, how do you break break that up? Twitter's become a lot less interesting to me. Knowing that it's censorship, censorship like curated, um, right? With what I'm seeing, I don't, it's you know I liked the the Wild West feel that it had, where anybody could just go out there and and tweet you know whatever's on their mind. I thought and, ISIS was on Twitter for a while. Was I wrong about that? I think they were. I thought they were. They had a bunch of accounts. I think they still are. Yeah, like so you can't have they Alex Jones, but you can have ISIS. Like it's it's very interesting to me that like the, the the accounts they decide to to turn off. Yeah, it's very anti right wing, very pro left wing. So, so I've been I've been talking to people about that. I had a friend who was at a wedding and he was there with some Facebook executive and he went up to the Facebook executive and, and asked about this stuff about like right wingers getting pulled off. And and the guy's response was, you know, I just had a uh, you know such and such a person come up to me and ask about her weird communist fetish people getting pulled off. So I think that like. I think they're hitting everybody around the ring who they consider to be radical. Like, I mean, that's what I was saying a few weeks ago. I think that that's what they were going to do. And I think the difference is that on the left side, they view people that are radical, like actual radical people. I think they view them as radicals. 
On the other side, they view people that are like fairly standard, middle of the road, middle America type people. Like, uh, you know, I, I mean, there's tons of them. Uh, they view them as radical because their opinions are so far to the right of the people that are making these decisions. It's that they're hitting both sides, but the people that are making the decisions on who is on those far sides, right? They're just, they they're just tend to skew left in general. I, I think so. So, so like, you're a hitting, Ben Shapiro to yeah. them sounds like a guy doing hate speech. Mm. Which makes sense because if you have a, if you have companies said uh, the he protested pretty heavily, even Hugely. even lately at these college campuses, yeah. and not one protester has ever heard him. No, speak. not one of them. I also wonder to what extent these protests are like paid protesters. I think these kids just need an outlet. That might be it. They're just like tired. <laughs> <laughs> but there's yeah. a, what did that, Sean? You found that service a few months ago. That was just yeah. like the, it's like the opposing team showing up the players. I really like, like uh, <laughs> just gotta, We're gonna root against you because uh, I, I like the interviews where people go out and ask them like, "Hey, have you ever heard him speak?" No. Well, what do you dislike about what he says? Everything. He's misogynist. He's a misogynist. He's racist. He's a racist. Yeah, exactly. And they, they they can't like they have no idea what he said. I, I really enjoy that stuff. I think it's funny. This many people out here yelling can't be wrong though. That's that's I've heard that before too. <laughs> <laughs> the wisdom of the crowd thing. It, it yeah. blows my mind that people actually accept like, well, look at all the people out here. All these people oppose him. Like, but not one of them know what they're opposing. They all oppose him for his stance on immigration or his stance on Israel. He's a Jew. No, it's it's very funny. Like it's 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 absurd to me where we are socially in terms of people like you know, taking positions on one end or the other without consideration. Yeah, they don't. They have. They have no idea why they're there. I, I think these people. I think you're right. It's, I think it's an outlet. They just need a fucking outlet. They're they're in a state of this. This is the equivalent of hell, and yeah. they ha- now they have an enemy to like take it out on. Or they need an enemy, so they find one. They're just deeply hurt. Yeah, deeply hurt. Did you watch the Tucker Carlson debate with Ben Shapiro? Yeah, was it a debate? You mean like the, the Sunday special whatever. thing? Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of points. Yeah. There was some interesting back and forth that they had. I think the two of them, like, it's interesting to me that, like, Tucker Carlson seems more, more, he's he's very much more left than, like, Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's, like that's, a lot. Yeah. And to think he took Bill O'Reilly's spot on, on Fox. <laughs> I think it's very funny. Apparently Bill O'Reilly's making bank, by the way. What's he doing? YouTube, <laughs> yeah. Which is he's got he's like the Howard Stern of, like uh, you know he's got a big following that's going to be with him for as long as he it talks. It seems that way. Yeah. Even old people, yeah. Even old people. Well, old people are on YouTube now. It seems that way. I, I think. Like I, I, I think. Uh, I don't think there's like as much of a technological divide no. across generations as there used to be. All right. I think that's everything. Sean, tell people where they can find us. Uh, they can find us in the Ethereum Plus Coin Dojo. It's a great place to be. We uh, don't talk much there, though. Call me? us out. Well, uh, yeah. maybe you do. You talk a little more than I do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm around. But uh, we're there. I'm on Camp 4. Uh, I might be in a parking lot somewhere getting... Uh, which is for... What is it called? White Van... White Van Speaker Scan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great deals. I, I cannot believe... Like, I, honestly, it's happened to me three or four times. I can't believe it's happened. Right, and we're going to be played out today by DJ Skrill's new song, I Love Gucci. This is Jumpsa checking up producing this out. The Mass is going to in peace. St. Catherine, pray for us. He's strong. He's strong looking at me.
my name's Craig Wright, and... Some, some people will believe it. Right, says he is the inventor of Bitcoin. His claim has some support, but that is 